Hello everybody and welcome to the Games Bonus Podcast. My name is Jeremy Bradditch and I will be one of your hosts. God, I've got to take these headphones off because it's doubling up and it's freaking me out. Um, in front of me this time, because our layout has changed, is June Williams. Hello. And Kerry Palmer. Hi! That's how you talk all the time. I'm so glad your final voice is actually received. I, can't, I bet you can't wait to talk like that for two hours. Oh, goody! Oh, God. Oh, um, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. I hope you're having a good day. We uh, will be talking about the game Pyre by Supergiant. Games. Supergiant Games. Um, They're not Supergiant ants. No, they are not. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Kerry, the voice of reason as always. Um, That's me. Yes, so... uh, Kerry, why don't you start us off... Uh, Excuse me, I think you have some plugging to do, sir. Um, I do? (laughs) Like, where can you find the podcast that you're listening to? I mean, usually we do that at the end. We We can do that now. I mean, it's always good to brand, so... Uh, you can, as always, you can find this podcast on all podcasting services, including Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, I think. I don't know. There's some issues with TuneIn, so bear with me if that's still not resolved. I honestly don't know how to fix that currently. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, and as always, you can find us at gamespoilers.com and on minimap.com.au, which we will talk about later on. Um, yeah, that's very exciting. Um, I waved my hands around a little bit when I did that. We need a video portion of the podcast, which is just a black screen, and every now and again we just cut to you doing whatever hand movements you want to do <laughs> during this audio piece of content that we are making. Uh, yeah, so I think that's all the plugs I'm going to be doing for now. Um, I'm looking at you, Kerry, for the nod of approval. Well, I guess it'll have to do. Yes. Um, well, I mean, you know, you can always follow us on Twitter um, at GameSpoilersPod. You can email us at GameSpoilersPod at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at OB1Jez. Kerry, where can they find you on Twitter? I am at KJ Palmer 24 <laughs> And June, where can they find you on Twitter? I am vamping a little bit Sorry, so I you can it. find it. Okay. <laughs> um, J-U-N underscore E-S-S. Pronounced. Jeunez. Great. Great. So what did we all think of Pyre from Supergiant Ants? Supergiant Super Giant Games. <laughs> Supergiant Ant Games. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was, a, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't have much of a connection and I thought it went on for too long. Okay. And I'm not saying that because I played half of it last night at probably about midnight. You might be, honestly, but that's um, all right. But... <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I think it's got some pacing, issue, pacing issues and maybe a few too many characters um, for what it was trying to do. But for the most part, I enjoyed it and I thought the gameplay was quite good. June? Um, I really like games like this. It's like really like charming and you can tell like a lot of love has been put into it. Um, and I don't know, I, I really, really, really did enjoy it. And the games with like lots of characters that you can connect with individually. It was really good, yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about it for a while, because I finished it maybe, like, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, week ago. something like that. that. So, be less than that. One yeah. week? Yeah. Yeah, a week and a half, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I literally, yeah, I literally I have been thinking about it for ages, because it hasn't left my mind, so... Totally. It's pretty telling, I think. I... 
I really dig this game. I played this game much more slowly than I think you two did. I played it in like... I played like the first like three to four hours. And then I sort of played in like hour bursts for two two weeks or so. Right. And um, as I did that, I started playing more and more with my partner as well. Um, and Sam would get really into, you know, who was doing what and the interactions and stuff like that. So um, I, I really enjoy this as a really slow, methodical um, dive in and dive out of this world and sort of reflecting on the characters and stuff like that. I thought the writing in this game is fantastic. Yes. And there are so many things about the presentation that are just immaculate. And I also think it has some incredible social commentary in it. Um, I, I, yeah, I think this is a terrific game. Um, yeah, that's my that's my, my my two cents. Cool. Now, if you want to hear my my uh, our two dollars worth, stay tuned for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, please send that two dollars to uh, Jeremy needs money at paypal.com. Um, <laughs> no, so I guess we should start off by explaining. Just kind of what the game is. Yeah. Uh, so, Kerry, what is Pyre? Okay, so, Pyre is a game set in the underworld of this sort of mythical land full of many different species of very interesting differences and such. You, uh, there's this underworld called the Downside, which is where people who are sent from the overworld called the Commonwealth go to exile when they have wronged the Commonwealth in some way. And the downside is really uh, difficult to live in and not many people survive and there's like people who are out for their own interests and if you stay there for too long you grow horns and it's hard to find food and water and shelter. It's all very... The downside's kind of nasty. It's not very nice. Um, You start the game as this uh, drifter who's been sent down into exile from the Commonwealth for some reason unknown. Your character doesn't remember why. Basically because the character's a blank slate for you to, you know, put yourself into. Um, all you know is that you're hungry and hurt and alone and in this very dangerous place. Uh, and then you are found by these three travellers. Uh, one who's this kind of nice friendly dude called Hedwin, and then there's this man-dog called uh, Rookie, who's got a moustache, yep. as well as fur. A moustache on top of his fur, which is weird, but it's cute. And he's he's kind of, like, sly, and he's, he's, he's like a nervous Han Solo. Minus the gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. And then there's also this big hulking... Uh, demon lady called Joe Dariel. It's my girlfriend. So yeah. Is, is that right? Okay. And she... I, I was gonna say, I, I, I could tell you would definitely like this character. Yeah, and she's, I love her. She's all surly and like, <laughs> we don't know who this person is, but when you get to know her, she's amazing. Uh, and it, so that's the start of the game. And what it turns out that these people need from you is they need someone who can read because in the Commonwealth, literacy was outlawed decades ago yes for reasons unknown um and that is probably it turns out why you were sent into exiles because you are a you are someone who can read maybe you were reading books maybe you were writing books whatever it's banned you get sent down these people need a reader to read the book of the scribes i think is what it's called no. or the book of the rights it's the book of the rights yeah book of the rights um 
this book uh, contains information about uh, an ancient sacred trial that happens throughout the downside where these triumvirates, these groups of people, um, come together and uh, compete against each other to prove their worthiness to be... Released from exile. Yeah, to be liberated. Yeah, liberated. And to return to the Commonwealth with glory. Well, is it with glory or is it more just removed of all... No, it's, it's more than that because anyone who returns gets like... They get positions in high status, like, and they're received with banquets and and merriment, and they're, right. they're yeah, they're offered position, they're offered status, they're offered wealth, because anyone who's come back, it is um, it is part of the Commonwealth's sort of structure that they that they um, sort of raise up any liberated exiles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these these three people have been tasked with finding a reader and. Um, beginning their their path to uh, competing in these rites, um, and that involves collecting um, one person from each sort of race or um, skill set, because there are some people who are you know still people but different skills. Yeah. Um, and that's that's sort of the whole pretense of the game. You you travel through the downside, you collect more travelers up to a certain point. Um, and then you try and liberate all of your exiles to the Commonwealth. Um, and then later on you find out it's not just because they all deserve their freedom, but because there is someone among you who has this plan. It's always a capital P plan to yes. to sort of overthrow this archaic tradition that um, pits good people against each other um, by overthrowing the Commonwealth and removing the need to even have the rights by refusing to send people to the downside and by reforming from within. Yes. Um, sort of a revolution. Yeah, it's kind of, towards the end, it's very much positioned as a revolution of a of the... Uh, well, like the aristocracy, sort of. Yeah, like the, the whatever oppressing force the Commonwealth actually is, because... Uh, when you start the game, you don't see any of the... Like, like uh, as far as I can tell, you don't see the Commonwealth in the game at all. Yeah, not really. The only thing I can think of, actually, is the very start of the, the starting menu. Because the start menu is that window that's got all the um, logos of the triumvirates, but it's also surrounded the, around the edges with burning books. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the after credit scene as well has... Yeah, is is, is, then, is that same library... It's um, not on fire. With, yeah, with no fire. Yeah. More books. Yeah. Um, so that's the sort of story pretense. The rights themselves are... You, there are two sort of gameplay sections that this is divided into. There's this sort of narrative exploration-based section that happens between each of the rights, where you get to communicate with characters and make sort of dialogue options and... Um, choose which direction your wagon is going to go through the land and maybe you'll get some resources or maybe you'll be able to get a bonus for the next right for this person or this or that or the other. Lots of different... That's a very choice-based, narrative-focused experience. Yeah, and it, it's, it's all like... A, like, the, the entire game is basically a top-down um, experience or, like, kind of angled top-down experience. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so the the wagon kind of acts as a, uh, a an overworld basically it's kind of like a map um mm. which you're 
traveling through and then the actual rights uh arena based yeah that's right so the the rights are sort of like underworld soccer it's it's yeah it's interesting so each team starts out with three players on each side of the court and they each have their own pyre that's the name of the game haha um and that's like their their home base it's this flame and in the middle of the map is this orb the celestial orb and so each team has to is striving to get that orb into the other person's pyre which sort of reduces the health of their pyre by a certain amount until the other team's pyre reaches zero um and there's a lot of nuances in the combat and when you douse the team's pyre you lose character so then it's more even for the next round but yada 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 there's a lot of stuff in there um well, so <laughs> sorry, Kerry just I stalled. Kerry just I stalled. Gave one of the funniest looks I've seen in a long time. Um, <laughs> so I suppose we could, we should talk about the combat first, just to kind of. Well, do we want to talk about combat, or do we want to talk about characters first? I'm inclined to talk about the mechanics of like the combat first. Okay. Well, the gameplay part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, each right. As I was saying, you start out with three characters on each side. Each sort of character that you have has a very unique skill set. So uh, there's two humans, or human-like characters, that are very um, similar in movement in that they sort of run very similarly and they jump sort of similarly but different. And they... Sorry, June's giving an even funnier look because she's not sure what you're talking about. Who's the other human? So there's Hedwin and then there's the moon-touched girl. Oh, I never use my... Go on. Oh. You missed out. She's alright. She's uh, great. She's great. She's alright. You can level her up so that she, if she's holding the orb, she has unlimited stamina. You can do that with like Tizo and stuff too. Well, you have to. Tizo's much better anyway. <laughs> Sorry, go on. They're not better or worse. They're just different. I mean, Tizo's the best. But Tizo is the best. Tizo is the best. <laughs> I, when, when that game and when I so like I'm just gonna show it to the end. I straight up liberated Tizo second. Um and. When it ended, I was like, "Oh, I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna see this yeah. character again anymore." And then immediately, I was like, "I wish I had a Tizo in real life." <laughs> yep, Tizo's cute. Um, so yeah, you've got the the three team, the, yeah, the three team members on each side of the court. They all do something different. There's saps that like create little turrets of. Well, now I'm getting ahead of myself. Each character, <laughs> each character has an aura around themselves. Yes, and this is sort of their, um attack radius any enemy that lands inside of another another the opposing team's aura is banished which is like they are they are quote unquote knocked out or bench. dead yeah. yeah for um five or yeah five a number of seconds. seconds yeah um a lot of um characters can cast out this aura as well so sort of some characters either like shoot it out forward from them or they sort of explode in this burst of aura or um some characters use like a, like I was saying, like the saps use a little, make a little turret of that has its own little aura. There's lots of interesting ways to, to play with that. When characters pick up the celestial orb, their aura goes away, so they're suddenly defenseless. Yes. Um. Which means that the enemy team has the advantage if they just want to walk into you, they can, and they'll get the orb, and then they can walk it into your pyre if you can't stop them. Um. Every time you get the orb to the enemy's pyre. The person who, the actual team member who doused the pyre that round is then excluded from play for the for that next round. 
So that means if you score on the enemy team, you are down a team member until the next round. If if you if you run into the pyre with the ball, yes. 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 And you can also throw the ball, which which is harder to do, but it removes the risk of you losing a um, character for the next uh, round. Yes. Basically, because you have to stay, you have to be close enough to your pyre, which means you're close to where the enemy spawns and where they're all hanging out, and you also have to stand still to throw it. Yes. Um, there are lots of talismans you can get that sort of enhance the time to throw or how far, how long you can sprint for or um, there's sort of special talismans that mean someone's aura cast could go through walls or they rebound or they explodes faster yeah. or they fly further or there's so many um, little effects that you can sort of tailor each character with and you can upgrade these talismans as well. Um, yeah, and then there's really neat little... Um, sort of strategies you can do like my the favorite one that i really liked but i didn't really do it much outside of the first bit was um when you pick up the 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 orb and then you you're running towards um an enemy and you throw it at them which means they pick it up which means you get your aura back and they lose theirs and then you can walk into them banish them and then pick the orb back up and keep going yes i loved that tactic and i never did it but like when the other team did it to me it's like you fucking bitch i know right it's had they, they did it to me towards the end yeah, so much. The, the it, end it, ones. it became one of those strategies which like they totally implemented as a as a thing mm. that you should do. Yeah, it's it's a tro- it's a trophy in the game. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely did not get that trophy. I um yeah I got what they did it once to me earlier. I was like, oh, that's so clever. I want to do that all the time. <laughs> um yeah, and as as you go through these rites, your characters level up. They, they get experience. Any character that you don't use in that right sort of gets this boost that they will receive in experience the next time they're used in a right. Enlightenment? Is that the yeah, experience that's, that's called the, enlightenment? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so um, that sort of encourages you to cycle out your characters because you get more enlightenment when you use different characters each time, basically. You get, you'll be more efficiently leveling and increasing your skill level if you um, diversify your characters. Which I thought was a really neat um, sort of way to stop you from stagnating. Yeah. Not that it would necessarily stop you, because the bonus is... I feel like it's small enough that if you don't care about it, then you don't have to, and yeah. your characters will still level up. But if you do care about it, it's enough of an incentive to go for it. Yeah, and we should also mention that while you're in a right, you can only control one character at a time, mm-hmm. um, and so can the opposing team. And you are... So, so any, any character that you... And not controlling will just stand still. Um, right. So there's a lot of like a lot of the game is about positioning your characters and kind of creating lanes. Mm. Um, in certain arenas, the terrain will change throughout games and will in- introduce like either holes in the ground or walls. Yeah, or little geysers that like you can jump over. Yeah, or yeah. Moving little imputs that walking around the soccer court. Yeah, I, I hated that, and I'm glad <laughs> I only did that for one game mode because it really annoyed me. Um, uh, but yeah, so um, that's pretty much what the game is. Yeah, like, that's, that's the, like the, the game part of the game. That's like the outline of the mechanics. Yeah. yeah. What? So what characters did you both enjoy using the most? What sort of archetypes? Fast, speedy boys. Fast, speedy? So, uh, Rookie. It was basically Rookie and Tizo. 
Ricky Tizo. Gertrude um, sometimes. Bertrude. Bertrude, yeah. What about Sir Gilman? Yeah, him too. Sorry, yeah. I didn't use him until the end because I didn't like him as a character as much. So, I like, you know what? Loved he him as a character. So funny. Nah. <laughs> he um, was so happy to be involved. Yeah, I guess. He had a shitty team, which we saved him from. Yeah, um, he was he was a very speedy boy too. Um, that's I, cool. So you so you you liked sort of doing smaller damage to their pyre, but just faster. running rings around the enemy. Yeah. Right. Um, so I imagine that meant that. Did you? Because something that also, we should also mention is that um, to liberate one of your exiles, they need to be of a high enough level. So it means that the people that you use the most are the only ones that you can um, send, and you need to do that for the for the game to progress. You need to send people to to back to the Commonwealth. Um, I didn't realize that was how it determines who was worthy or not. Yeah, it's the most right. enlightened they are, which means. Which again is that subtle way of sort of forcing you to keep it changing, keep your playstyle changing. Yep. It, mean, it means that when you're doing your final um, rites at the end, you're using your most unfamiliar characters yes. or newest characters. Um, so I imagine that meant that you had um, Jodariel left at the end, and no, actually, I liked Jodariel too much. She was the first to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was pretty good. Um, she deserved it. Yeah. So, yeah, I had her leave first. So I actually had Sir Gilman last because I never used him, which yeah. was fine because it means he's a fast, he's a fast boy. Yeah. So. Okay, so you sort of had your own little um backup. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Little strat. Well, I suppose we should talk about. So who did you? So, like, I suppose quickly we'll talk about the cycle of the game, which is you go through the entire, um, you go through the journey of the what's it called again? Sorry, the 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 rights. No, the the. Overworld, what's it called? Oh, the Commonwealth. No, the other one. Downside. Yeah, Downside, that's the one. Um, so you go through the journey of the Downside, um, and you eventually you reach the top of the mountain. Uh, Mount Solium. Yes. Which I preferred to pronounce as Solium. Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> I liked it better than what the man said. Okay. Um, I read it and I was like, oh, Solium. And he said Solium. I was like, oh. I mean, they don't really... They don't speak English, which I... Except for the voice. The step of the voice, yeah. yeah. Which, oh my god. I'm assuming we're going to talk, we'll talk about characters. Reader! Later. Awful, awful man. So, um, yes, so so you go through the journey up to Mount, whatever Sodium. you want to call it. Um, and, Sodium. And, yes. <laughs> Sodium bicarb. Believe me, I, I made it all the way up to Mount Sodium. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, you make it all the way up to the top, and then you do a thing called Liberation Rite, and you complete a final uh, game and after that you well like like uh, at the beginning you you decide at the end you are going to send you're going to liberate one of your characters so provided that you win the liberation yeah, right provided you win and a character of your choosing before the match begins will be liberated so they will go back to the commonwealth mm. and you will also no, no longer have them available to uh, use in the game mm mm-hmm. mhm uh, they will give you a farewell, and they will shoot up in the sky and go home. The or if you lose, or if you lose, then the opposing know, team's anointed one, their like leader, yeah, will get sent back instead. Which also has next to no bearing on you, basically. Yeah, a, a lot of the times you don't want to though, because they're quite. A lot of the other leaders are quite unsavory. You mean all of them apart from one? Uh, mm. I feel like there's 
three-ish. Really? Yeah. But we, we, we'll talk about yeah, them we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them. So there are six or seven... Um, Triumvirates. Uh, liberation rights. Six. Six. No. Seven. No, 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 no. Um, seven. Yes, there's seven. Because there's the final one. Yeah, because I think you've got a team of nine. And the most amount of rights you can do is um, seven, because after that you have less than three, so you couldn't actually do the rights anymore. If you win every right, I you get to... I had three people stayed behind, I think. Yeah. So, so it was six. Yeah, but did you lose a right? Yes. So that's a okay. thing. Yeah, okay, I see. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so there, there is a maximum of seven. Maximum of seven that you can send. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and, and so so each time you complete a liberation right, you have to wait for the stars to align, whatever, again. Yeah, which means doing other rights away yeah. from the mount. Yeah, like which just means like replaying certain sections of the game. Um, not in a bad way, just in a continuation game. It's not like a yeah. like a replay section. Continue just, to level up. Yeah. Have some more character moments. Yeah, yeah. Meet meeting the old the old people you've already versed before. Yeah, and they they sort of have developing grudges. Yeah, like f- furthering a lot of those relationships, and then you go back to the top top of the mountain and try again with a different character or the same character, depending if you didn't win the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so like that that's kind of the the last half of the game, or maybe probably like a, a little bit more than half of the game is just the liberation right cycle. That's right. I yeah. Found. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that because you do you do six or seven of them, which probably makes up about a third of the amount of rights that you do. Uh the as in the liberation ones on their own. I mean, yeah, you you do seven liberation rights. Yeah, and I'd say you probably do like twenty or twenty five rights total. Yeah, yeah. I, again, not including the optional ones, I guess. Um, optional ones. The oh, one. like the ones from the Beyonder Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, which we'll talk about a bit later. Um. Yeah, so so that's kind of the core loop. So, um, who did you liberate? Who did you liberate? Well, should we okay. talk about who the characters are before we do that? Uh, well, I, 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 so like, let, let's go through the characters and talk about if we liberated them or not. Okay. Okay, so let's start with Hedwin. Yes. Uh, I have one note on Hedwin in my um, notes, which is Hedwin is boring. Yep. Yeah, Hedwin's yep. a bog-standard... Dude. If you have yeah. like this world and you've got this law and you've got all these different characters, why would you make a human? Yeah, I wonder if it's just meant to be like because he's sort of like the leader of the troop as you find it, or yeah. rather as they find you. I, th- I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think he's just sort of meant to be this sort of like this figure you can trust. If that makes any yeah. sense, that's sort of the way I read it. It was just like yeah. Rookie's this like this like cheeky, sly, um, sort of trickster dude. And Joe Dario's really um, sort of gruff and um, not really very welcoming at the start. And Hedwin's like, hey, I'm going to give you some water. And what's your name? And what are you up to? And Yeah, it, he's very the... He, he's the face you can recognise immediately. The one that, I guess, you kind of just feel safe with, I guess. Yeah, um, and, like, his design is that as well. Like, you know, he's not like very muscular or anything he's just he's just this sort of friendly faced yeah man yeah his um his motivation like his sort of story was really fucking boring too though i don't even remember he wanted story. to leave because he was in love with a girl or whatever yeah oh had, that's right yeah yeah which also wasn't very compelling it was sort of like a romeo and juliet thing because it was um it was one of the harps which are like the sworn enemy of the commonwealth yes yeah um yeah 
Although something I also liked was that Hedwin, um, it turns out, was a foster child of Jodario mm. in the overworld before both of them, or one of the other of them, got sent into exile. Mm. Um, Hedwin was the one I sent first. Yeah. Because I thought, because it was the the, the first three I had the option to send was Hedwin. It was the original three. It was Hedwin, yes. um, Rookie, and Jodario because they were the ones I used the most because I'd had them the longest. Um, and so I sent him because um, to to sort of I figured he was the best bet to start with this revolution. You know, I didn't think sending Rookie was necessarily going to be like, you know, he'd be a great asset to this plan. Yeah. You know, I thought Hedwin could be this more like figurehead of orchestrating things on the other side. He's because he seemed to have his head on straight and be a relatively good leader. Yeah. So that's why I sent him first. June, did you send Hedwin? Yeah, I did. I sent him second. Right. Yeah. Um, mostly because I wanted him out of there because I really did not care about his character. <laughs> um, so yeah, I sent Jodariel first and then I sent Hedwin second. Yeah. So did you did you send Jodariel too, Kerry? If you say no, I'll be No, I did. Say. I'm trying to remember when. I think she might have been second for me. Right. Yeah, like, I actually held on to Jadaro for a while just because she was one of my best characters in the team. And I, like, she's, she's a powerhouse yeah. on the field. So, like, I, I knew that I was going to send her at some point, so I decided to wait until later just so I could use her in the later battles. Yeah. Um, she didn't seem to mind. It was fine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I sent... I, I actually sent Hedwin last. Oh, wow, right. Uh, because... Um, like, like a, a lot of the, like a lot of those type of characters were very easy to use. Um, so I was just kind of keeping them around and sending the ones that I wanted, like the characters that I liked first. So you were sort of sending characters based on like who you wanted to have in terms of like a tool set on the field when things got more difficult later on. Yeah. So like, like I looked at, um, which is funny because I lost like I lost two of my rights, um, uh, two of my liberation rights, but I. Uh, like I, I had this set list of who I'm gonna send and who I'm not gonna send because there's a bunch of like a lot of the later characters, like like so so this this was one of my complaints about the game is that I think they introduced a bunch of characters too late in the game for me to care about them, which is why I think that if they had kind of cut the game shorter by a little bit mm. and maybe removed one or two of those characters or at least not made them playable characters, then I probably would have had a better connection with them. Or just had a, like been able to spend more time with those characters that I just didn't get to spend enough time with. Yeah. So, for example, when they introduced uh, Tree Man, Sandalwood, um, and Gertrude. Yeah, Ger- like I used Gertrude maybe four times throughout Bertrude. the entire. Bertrude. Bertrude. Right. I I used Bertrude maybe four times through the entire game. Okay. Um. Which is a shame because Bertrude is a quite a good character to use in the game. She's a great character. She's fast. Yes, she, she fast, and she's also she does so much damage yeah. to the pyre. And also, and her aura like spits in like. A it's so wide, and if yeah. you get that 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 like God of War cast timing yeah. just right, it's so wide and fast. Yes, she is. You're right though. Like I didn't care about her at all. Yeah, I I, I know nothing about her character. And like she didn't even seem like she wanted to leave anyway. No, she yeah. didn't. So but, I, didn't, I didn't send her in the end. Like, I didn't... Uh, yeah, so, like, I, I, I didn't send her. She was basically last on my list of people who I was going to send. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I, I want to talk about that more in depth later when we talk about story, I think. Yeah. But, um, so, I, I suppose, Rookie next? 
Yeah. I love I love all the curs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Rookie, all the dog people. Yeah, Rookie was probably may, maybe my second favorite character. Yeah, Rookie was really um, really nice because he had this uh, really confident bravado, but it was he cared so much. Yeah, well, it was oh, just this undertone so of of such. Um, Oh, uh, what's the word? He he was so genuinely concerned about a lot of things, about his family and about um, some bad decisions he'd made, and he was so nervous a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah. he hides it under this this sort of cunning, sneaky merchant. Yeah. Yeah. It facade. Was, it was very, like, cheeky in a way, which I appreciated, like, as a, you know, juxtaposition of, like... Like big, stern, strong, horny woman, <laughs> horned, <laughs> horned woman, um, and like you know, meat and potatoes man of meat and potatoes <laughs> man. You know, like you know, he 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 is potato salad the man. Are you saying potato salad is boring? I'm saying potato salad is easy and simple, and you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna Beige. get goddamn potato salad. Yeah. <laughs> Potato yeah. salad's better than headwind. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, like, R- Rookie was the first character that I, I I actually looked at and went, like, I'm going to enjoy having you around. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a good boy. He, he is a good boy. Good boy. Most important question, did you make him shave off his mustache? No, I didn't. I didn't get to that. I what? Did... You didn't get that? When no. did you send him? I sent him first. Yeah, that's, that's why, why you didn't get right. that. Damn it. You have the trust, yeah. So I'd like immediately get that shit off your face. Oh, really? Yeah, I hated See, it. See, <laughs> I... So this is what I was saying before, Jeremy, and I was like, oh, so you kept your players around for, like, um, utility. Yes. And you sort of kept your players based around, like, preference. Yeah. Just on, like, how you felt about those characters in or general. whether they deserved to go, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I sort of treated them all with... I was, I was thinking, like... What's it going to be for, like, your feelings? What's going to keep you motivated? What's going to keep you feeling good? So I thought that Rookie's ego was too fragile for me to say, I don't like your mustache. So I was just like, well, I don't... It doesn't make any difference to me. It's great. Whatever. It looks it looks lovely. And I was like... Because he always... He's always seemed so nervous. And, like, when he goes to ask a question, like, oh, what do you think of my mustache? What do you, and he, he just sort of... The descriptions was all like, oh, he looks to the side and he's like... Looking around and like... He's shy. Yeah, he's so nervous. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't break your heart like this. It's fine, dude. You, you, look, you look great. Good work. Keep it up. <laughs> um, so I was just going back through my notes and I found I actually had one more note on Hedwin, which was... Uh, I, so I, initially when you meet him, you can ask him some questions. Yeah. So first question I asked him is, how did you get banished? Yeah. And his first response is, I promise to answer you next time. And it's never a next time, is there? Yeah, no, like, like, yeah, like you, you, you find out later on, oh. like, like during the liberation rights, um, if if you don't send him first. Well, I did, so yeah, like, so you, you don't. I think you do end up finding. Out. I can't quite remember what it was, but all my notes was. Boy. Do you have any questions? Yeah, how do you get banished? I promise to answer you next time. And then I wrote, "Stupid cute boy." Stupid <laughs> cute boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Um. So, so I, I believe next was Moon Girl. No, Judariel. We haven't talked about Judariel yet. Which one's Judariel? I don't, I, I don't know the Morning name. Lady. Woman. I don't know. We were just talking about her. No, we didn't. Not in depth. Oh, okay. Um, so, Drodariel's this big, hulking demon lady, which is what you become when you stay in the downside for too long. Yes. Um, uh, 
which means that they grow horns and they sort of become pale and have these glowing eyes. But she's also, she's this very gruff, uh, sort of distanced person. But as with every single one of these characters, I think, they, she has a lot of heart. Yeah. Um, and a lot of care. Um, for Hedwin and for um, the Moon Touch Girl and um, Rookie and Rookie as well, yeah, totally. Um, Got huge biceps too. She is so big. I it was awesome. <laughs> She's just giant. She, she reminded me a lot of Adrenai from World of Warcraft. Um, There's this scene where um, she's like, "Do you think I'm like?" Do you think I'm scary? Like, you know, do, yeah, are you scared right. of me? And I'm sitting there, like, gay sweating, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please step on, <laughs> please step on me. Um, she's very good. Yeah, but like, I sent her first, and I kind of regret that because I would have liked to have more time with her character. She she gets fleshed out a lot. I feel like in the moments. So I think the way I tried to send people it was, Hedwin, Rookie. Except I failed, Rookie again. Um, and then Joe Dario, so that would have been my fourth yeah. oh, right. Um, who did you go up against? Um, okay, maybe we should talk about that later. Then who who actually who on the opposite side was liberated? Yeah, let's get through the first characters, and yeah. then we'll do the, the opposing team. Um, um, so Joe Dario has a lot of moments. There's sort of this budding romance with one of the leaders of the other triumvirates. Yeah, who? Um, the other demon. Oh, um... Um, Lo- What's his name? Lazarius I- or something like that? I- Iggy, Igni- Ignarius. Ignarius, yeah. yeah. Iggy. No, that's literally... Because they call him Iggy, and like it's... That's literally the other reason why I remember that. Yeah, Ignarius, um, who's this he's, other he's demon. He's very sweet, I like that. He's sort of like this this yeah. gruff um, biker demon. When when, yeah. when she leaves, he asks about her afterwards and stuff yeah. as well. Right. So. Yeah, totally. Um, there's this moment where they... If you, if you get them far enough along... Um, like if you keep Shodariel for long enough, um, they do a if they do a ride together. There's this moment where they sort of like hang around after the ride finishes, and mm. and she's she like runs away from him when he's like, oh hang on, just wait, I just want to talk, and he's just like, oh, and just stands there for a while, and then she comes back, and it's just really interesting because they're both so standoffish, and they've both been down there for so long, and then they just have these yeah moments that I, I just feel like are so genuinely written. Yeah, Shodariel's such an interesting character. Because, um, you, you know, she's this... In the overworld, she's this gruff captain of the guard, but she's also this foster carer for yeah. so many other people, and she has this supposed hatred of the of the of these sworn enemies, the harps, these bird people. Um, but then when she gets the chance to... Um, when she traps, like, a whole troop of them, she lets them go because she can't bear to just kill so impunitively like that. Yeah. These, these people who have no chance, it's... Yeah, she's got such heart. She's an mm. incredible character. So, what did you all name the moon-touched girl? Ray. Zay. I also named her Zay. Nice. Um, Sorry, I mean... I like I like Ray. That's a good one. Ray? There's so many options, though. There was one... There was yeah. Bay was an option. It's yeah. like li- literally anything that starts... It's like it has to end in A-E, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, any other letter you yeah. can tack on. So, they, they, like, they give you the option to, were, to name her. There's, like... 15, like yeah. 18 options or something. Mm. And the ones towards the ends are jokes. Yeah. Like, because every option in the dial, when you have a dialogue option, you can hover over it and then it gives a little description. Yeah. And it's like, 
they had so many for these. It was like, oh, this suits her personality very well. This speaks to this. This speaks to that. And then it was like... It's like, are what? you sure you want to name her Bay? Like, yeah, are you exactly. Sure? <laughs> it was so good. Um, she was a very interesting character, very enigmatic. Yeah. I thought she was kind of hard to relate to, but I think that was almost the point because she was so um, different. She wasn't a sort of... Sort of going back to like our Hellblade discussion a few months ago, sort of a, I guess like a, a neurotypical sort of person. She sort of seemed like she was just on this other level. Yes. Yeah, she was very, like, uh, you know, faith is a large part of her life. Mm. She was very uh, optimistic for the most part. Like, like there, there, were very, there, there, were, there were a couple times, but there was very few times where she was down. That's um, true. One of the one of the few times I remember she was down was like a really strange moment where there was, it was just like an option of you know would you like to go left or right and it was right was Tizo wants to go fishing. That's so, right, I did that one. Yeah, I, anything I, for my boy. Yeah, and, and so I was like, fuck yeah, Tizo gonna go get some fish. So <laughs> Tizo jumped in and my Ray uh, went with Tizo. And Tizo came back with nothing. He came to come back to nothing. And then they both started crying. Yeah, <laughs> they're both them. really sad. And I was like, "It's okay. Like, it's don't please don't cry. It's okay." And then they have minuses for the next ride. They had like a minus four. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's just a have fish. Have you been fishing before? <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? She gets sad when if you liberate Tizo early on as well. Yeah. Because yeah. they're they're good friends. Yes. So. Yeah, like I made sure to liberate them both. Mm. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I've I've I found myself towards the end. Like at the start, I was sort of like, I just need to liberate anyone. Right. But towards the end, it was like, okay, if this person goes, this other person needs to go. Yes. So like, at one point, I was sort of, I had the option of Tizo, Zay, and Bertrude, and I was like, well, I don't think Tizo wants to be in the Commonwealth. He doesn't belong there, and I don't think Zay does either. She doesn't belong there. She seems to be doing perfectly fine down here. And this is where Tizo lives. This is his place. They don't need to be up there. Right. So I had to send Bertrude. And then she was like, look, I don't really necessarily want to go back there. I've made a life for myself down here. And also she's got this connection with Volfred. Right. Um, so I was like, well, I've got to get Volfred up there. Because then they're both just going to be like... Oh, it's like oh. Um, yeah, that was interesting, trying to navigate those group dynamics that sort of emerge towards the end right, those yeah. those connections that they sort of fleshed out i never liberated so yeah right but i liberated too so yeah i i, didn't I wasn't i wasn't very it didn't bother me yeah that's like I, I really didn't care much about Zay's character so yeah like i i ended up appreciating appreciating her towards the end mm. because like so i leveled her up completely yeah um and when you do she kind of goes like I have the power of the gods, almost. Like, it's like... The, <laughs> the scribes the, are within me. Yeah, like, they're, like, flowing through me. And I'm like, oh, my God. She like, just ascended. Like, yeah. It's like, light's going to start shooting out of her eyes. Um, so, like, I ended up appreciating how, like, just her non-stop, you know, everything is going to be great, pretty yeah. much. Um, I appreciated that. So I was like, yeah. And everything's going to be great for, to, for you too, because I'm going to send you to the Commonwealth yeah. to be oppressed. Um. <laughs> yeah, and she also had this great way of talking, like with mm. question marks all the time. She was always be like, "Ah, oh, I feel like there's this problem here, but I guess it's not a bad thing." Yeah. Question mark is like throughout 
it was almost everything she said yes. in at least one block of text was this question mark sentence. Yeah. I thought it, and it conveyed so perfectly the tone of how she was talking. Yeah, she was very curious. Yeah, as a person. And I thought it was a great way to have someone who, um, was clearly shunned by the world above because they didn't understand her. And it was like she just made her life. She just she was just having a great time, you know. And there was nothing wrong with that. I thought that was really nice that they um they just had this person living their own life whether it was different or the same or whatever it didn't matter. Yeah. So after that is Tizo, who we've already spoken a bit about. Yeah, the drive imp. He's a little imp and he's very cute and you So Tizo is Groot. Um sort of, yeah. Like in the, in the sense that like except more personality. <laughs> Well, but I mean, it's in, like, Tizo will only speak in squawks, and then you have to hover over the squawks to understand what every squawk means. Yeah, it's like... Um, which was very, like... I, I, I just like that a lot. Tizo already feels a good connection with you. Yeah. And... Yeah, so Tizo is, like, as far as gameplay, is very small and kind of explodes, um, <laughs> which I also liked a lot. Yeah. He can fly as well. He, he does fly. these little hops, he's just like... Meow, 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 yeah. Very cute, and it's got really good sounds, and... I was beyond happy to find to when I liberated Tizo, mm. um, and then you find out later on that Tizo is the first imp to be liberated. Um, he gets treated really well in the Commonwealth. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. I didn't know that I, again because I, I I I kept him in his home uh, with Zay, so they could keep each other he's, company. He's, yeah, he's he's not unhappy up there. Mm. That's good, especially if you liberate um, Zay Sandal as well. Sandal, Sandal, Sandal oh, Volfred, Volfred, because yes. they're friends, ish kind of. I old friends. Mm. Um, okay. There's cool. not, not really much else to say about Teaser. I mean, he's just like... the best. He's got so much personality. Yeah. In Can we, for such um... a little thing. And also, a lot of the something to mention is that a lot of the sorry to interrupt. No, you're but right. A lot of the characters when they talk, they they speak. You hear them audibly say something, but it's in this other language. It's like. Yeah. I love that. I, it I love was that gorgeous. Yeah. That whatever words they were speaking were so audibly pleasant to listen mm. to. And they conveyed a lot of their character. Um, but Tezos, instead of them being a different language, they were the, they were the actual words of whatever popped up on screen. It was like, yeah. and then it was actually spelled out down there. Yeah. And then when you hovered over it, it actually gave you the, the like English meaning. I thought that was really sick. Um, while we're on the topic of Tezo, the lone minstrel is introduced at the same time. That's a good point. He's not yeah. a playable character, but um, um, he's a beautiful, beautiful man. Tariq, and the very has, white man. He has the most gorgeous voice, and I could listen to him speak in that beautiful language for the rest of my life. Yeah, like, my only complaint about him was that when he plays a song, and then a song actually plays, and, like, the song... It's in English. <laughs> well, like, it's not that it's English, but it's, like, a completely different voice. Um, I don't know if it was a completely different voice. I think Darren Cobb actually did a lot of the voices for the characters. Really? Because I remember there was a moment where there was like a... I'm going to look it up. There was, so when you go over the ocean and he plays a song... Yeah. Then he starts speaking immediately, when, like when you get to the next area and the, like the voice sounded completely different. I mean, um, it does sound different. He sounds really like low and husky. He's like... He's yeah. Like really quiet and then... But when he sings, it's this really lilting, strong... Yeah, like a standout voice. Like a bard, yeah. sort of. Um, I I agree, it did sound quite different, yeah. but I chose to believe that it was just someone playing the character who yeah. was just sort of quiet and reserved. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't trust 
that character at the, at the beginning at all. Oh, no. It's yeah. like, there's this shady character. You can't talk to him right now. And then yeah. he's gone, and now he's back, and he's talking about this benefactor who none of you know the actual name of yeah. and or know why. He's so many secrets at the start. Yeah. So he, that's fair enough. He reminded me... I don't know if, if either of you played the beginning of Persona 4. No. But he reminds me of the... Um, the man with the long nose at the very beginning. I don't remember. Sorry. Like, like it's just in the very, very beginning. There's a character that introduces a bunch of stuff to you, and that's very odd, and you're not sure what's going on. It's sort of like G-Man. No, is it G-Man what? from um, Half Life? Half Life, yeah. The, the villain. It is. Um, it is Darren Cobb. Okay. So the, as, the guy as does the, the music. singer and the yeah. cool. But like Darren Cobb also does a whole bunch of others. So he does Rookie and yeah, that's um, right. Udmild. Right. Udmild, who's the the witch. The oh, witch the, who leads the, the enemy witch. triumvirate, yeah. who's always talking about Islak or whatever yeah. that Titan is. Um, um, there's there's a lot of voices that are done by multiple people. Yeah, I noticed that yep. in the credits. Like they're all listed separately, but then it's like just repeated names. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is cool, and it's sensible because and it's totally convincing because they all sell the characters like flawlessly. Yeah, I'm not sitting there going, I didn't even Hang realize. on, so Gilman is also that demon over there. Like, no, you don't you yeah. don't notice anything. At the, yeah. The voice acting is superb. Especially for, you know, very few actual words. Yeah, especially for a made-up language. Yeah. Um, so, after... After... The man in white Tariq. is... The... Is it Sir Gilman? It is... Yes, Sir Gilman. Sir Gilman, the... the Worm. Worm yeah, Knight. The worm Knight. We, we're... The, yeah. We're... We're... W-Y-R-M. W-Y-R-M. Yeah, the Worm Knight of the Sea Dominion. So, there's this whole sect of... It's just this whole bit. Yeah, there's this whole sect, this whole species of, like, water eel snakes that turn out to all be knights. And they're all very honourable and a bit... It's, it's just... Bit, it felt like Monty Python. Yes! <laughs> it, yes, it did! It felt like... It felt like a skit. Yeah. <laughs> there's this time, after I liberated Sir Gilman... Um, which I did fifth or sixth or something. Um, there was this thing that happened where I talked to the guy who owns the slug market. And he was like, every time you liberate someone, he's always like, oh, what happened to that guy who was hanging around with you? Ah, oh, I always miss him. He's talk. He said, ah, oh, where's that weird snake guy that you always hang out with? And then um, his next line of dialogue is all caps. It's like, he always talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with this, like, with the flash that comes out behind yeah. him when Sir Gilman's always yelling. He's always so happily loud and, like, verbose. Yeah. He's like, It is my honour to go to the sea! It's like... He's just this little worm. I know. <laughs> it's so cute. I, I really liked his character, just because um, the knight sort of um, archetype, yeah. sort of uh, stereotype, is one of this just clueless um, no- man. Noble. Yeah. But, like... To a fault. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's so chivalrous that, like, they're actually a pain. Like, it's sort of when someone's trying to be so nice that they become more in the way, mm. sort of a thing. And so it was interesting that you had this this archetype of this knight, but instead of it being this big, imposing, masculine character... It's a worm. It was this really <laughs> gentle snake dude with an eye that turns to fire or a love heart or... And, uh, and this mouth, which is always so, like... I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, like the, the mouth reminded me of Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. Like, such like a... 
Like a, it's a deep cut. <laughs> I mean, hey, Sam the Eagle is one of the best Muppets. I will die on this hill. Um, I don't even know where the hill is, so you're welcome to die there if you like. Just very, like, stern and extremely, like, you know, I, I will not whimper. I will not, like, right. I will not show fear in, like, the face of sheer death. <laughs> and then I will yell about it and how great the battle was and... You know, scream about how no matter what the cause is, I am so I am so on board with whatever dumb shit you will do. <laughs> um, yes, I I tried to liberate Sir Gilman, but I failed, and I, I I made sure that each character would only get one shot to be liberated. I oh wow, really? Like like I wouldn't I wouldn't go and give him another shot. Interesting. Mm, that is interesting. Why was that? Uh, I don't really know. I kind of went like. I figured the characters themselves probably would have made a decision of, like, I had my shot, I should give it to someone else. Um, yeah, like, Sir Gilman and the other character, I like, I failed two of them. Mm. The other one I failed to liberate. I can't remember, we'll come to it. Um, uh, but yeah, so I felt kind of bad, but he was t- he totally, like, took it on the chin and was yeah. like, you know, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Like, you know. I'm totally cool with letting everyone else go, and I'm stay here because I'm, I'm a noble, cool dude who yells a lot inside, a cart. <laughs> um, I didn't liberate Sigilman. So you were saying you didn't really like his character before? Yeah, I don't know. He seemed very just like he had like that one, that one joke that he he yelled and was a knight, and that that was it. He wasn't really. I mean, once it, like he, do do you even? Is he more than one dimensional? Because like. Uh, yeah, because like, like, I mean, he starts off, you know, like he betrays his his old, yeah, um, yeah, group, but... and then he kind of, because I, I I tried to liberate him, I think fourth or fifth, um, and I didn't level him up until towards the end. So there, there's a moment of, I didn't like, either. yeah, and so like there's a moment of like I am not worthy, and I will try and try and gain my nobility, but I'm just not there yet, and I'm gonna. Mm try and do that for all my friends which I enjoy being part of this team um, and there's also a moment where at the very beginning he says something along the lines of you know if this team is going to be as bad as the one I was in I'm going to leave um, mm. which I thought was actually like oh like you're not just like you're not part of my bullshit yet yeah no he's been he's someone who's gone along with the status quo for so long that he's sick of it yeah um, I did liberate Sir Gilman and he's sort of like afterward um, sort of thing that happens, like what happened after this was all done. His sort of thing was like he stood ready as the as the revolution took place, but then it was all resolved peacefully, and so he's like, oh, that's fine. So he's like, he re- he he resolved to to put down his um his sword, but was always willing to take it back up again if the need arises or yeah. something. He was like, I will never do this again. Oh, you need me? All right. <laughs> but also, he's he um his final thing was like. He became like a farmer in the hills or something like that, <laughs> just high enough. How? He doesn't have any arms. Ah, just, you, know, you know, whatever. Thanos. <laughs> he just the idea was just being. He said, "They said the farm was just high enough up this mountain that he could constantly be pushing his boundaries of his fear of heights." <laughs> and then, most, aside from that, he just spent his time with Rookie and just hanging out. Right. Because they were friends, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. Like, like, because I didn't liberate him, he kind of, his, like, him staying in the upside down, what's it downside. called? Downside. Downside down. Upside down. Upside down. I know, like, yeah. Um, 
his whole living in in the downside is like he he, he just trains all the time and is like is, is ready whenever he needs to be ready basically yeah. um so he doesn't really change much when you when you don't liberate him so next is tamitha yes i think before we get to tamitha we will have a quick break yeah what time um, how we're at 56 minutes Ooh. so let's take a quick break Music time. Boop, 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 boop. All right, and we are back. So I suppose now we will talk about Pamatha. Pamatha the harp. Yes. Who's totally not a harpy. Yes, totally not harpy. Definitely. Just like the worms are totally not worms. Yeah. And Hedman is totally not mashed potatoes. Um, so Pamitha is a harp which is like a bird lady Um, I don't really know why she joins you you know her her character was very I don't know I I didn't like her that much yeah I I didn't have a connection with her either yeah I found it really hard to and I wanted to but Mm. Her issues with her sister were confusing, and... And her motivations as well. Her motivations were strange. Well, well I think they just weren't clear enough. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what I mean, she wanted. it's a shame because, like, the writing in this game is really great, and everything they else, everything else that they, they did in terms of characters and stuff was really good, but mm. hers, I think, maybe it just didn't hit home well enough or something. Um, mm. I, I liberated her anyway. Um, and I actually ended up accidentally liberating her sister. Um, <laughs> I did that too. Which was interesting because they, well, she, ha- her sister hates her. Mm. Yeah. Um, so in the Commonwealth. Her sister is named Tamitha. Yeah. And she is named Pamitha. Yeah. <laughs> um, Parents had a good sense of humour. <laughs> in the in the Commonwealth, like <laughs> I think they end up having a fight, and Pamitha ends up losing the. She can't move the right hand side of her wing because her sister fucks her up so bad. Oh, God, um, so like that's it, so... it doesn't doesn't get easy for her in the Commonwealth <laughs> either. <laughs> um, Why did you liberate Tamitha? Because I Tamitha Tamitha. Um, because I don't know. I feel like she she didn't really want to be there, whereas the others kind of didn't really care. Right, that's fair. I yeah. So. Tamitha, the sister, was the only um, sort of enemy, the only person who wasn't on my team who got liberated. So she was she was the second one I tried to... She was... She, yeah, I lost my second liberation, right? Which was the first time I tried to liberate Ruki. Mm-hmm. And she got sent up and I was like... Mine was for Ruki as well. Yeah. I messed up Ruki. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the, the one that they did, because in every liberation, right, with the different teams, they all get their, like weird little, um, like, bonus effect. Mm. Like, um, one of them, towards the end, their auras grow much larger, and, and the one for, um, Tamitha's team, it was like, all of the teammates moved, like, a third of the way into the court. Yeah, I remember that. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got fucked when they did that. That was so... Hard, like yeah. it was out of nowhere, and I guys... thought, oh man, they said it was harder, but now it's really hard. And then I did all the next rights after that. I was like, no, that was just fucked. Like I just couldn't. I think maybe, that. I think maybe they they 
Because I was playing on like the easiest option, right? Okay. Were you guys playing on the easiest? I was on normal. I think okay. I was on normal. I don't remember because it was like over a month ago when I started. Yeah. I put it on the easiest just because like, I don't know, get through it faster. I mean, you, you started it late. Yeah, I did. You also um, finished, finished it first. It first. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I had it on easy. And I think maybe they made that one harder. So you have like, you, you know that like, oh. Time to... Like, I can lose this, and, like, I only have a certain amount, and, you know, like, especially because I I loved Ruki so much, like, when he wasn't liberated, he was really, like, he was kind of upset about it. He was really angry for a time. He was angry. And he got over it, but he was like, But it was like, because the game doesn't have, like, if you lose a riot, you don't, it's like, oh, you lost, try again. It's like, you lost, someone bad is in the Commonwealth now. Well, like, not bad, but, like, someone that maybe shouldn't be. There's this, um question mark next to the campaign mode in the main menu that says there are no fail states in yeah. this game yeah. you live with your choices and your consequences um so when tamatha was sent up instead of rookie like it's like oh my god yeah that's and may- maybe that's why they made it harder so they it shows it's like hey you can fuck up yeah and like tamatha is such a, a violent intended person yeah it's like i kind of fucked things up just then mm. you kind of feel a sense of consequence from that one no. i felt um, yeah, like, because I didn't, I, so, nor Tamatha or Pamatha were liberated for me. Okay. Um, and there was, before before the game against Tamatha, Pamatha came up to me saying, please let my, please liberate, uh, like, yes, like, like, yeah, yes. like, like yeah. Th- throw the match and let my sister be liberated. Because she and I was like, it. But no, yeah. I have a limited amount of these. I don't care about you. I certainly don't care about your sister. Your sister's so mean. She's just the worst. Yeah. And, like, I went, no, like, I don't care. Um, I barely use... T- Pamitha. <laughs> like, like I, I, I barely used Pamitha in the game. Um, she was quite good. Well, like, I used her at the beginning, mm. and but then I just kind of found my stride with the other characters more. Her tackle was good. Yeah, like... Her tackle like, was good because she was shielded. Mm. Yeah. Um... Which was awesome. Yeah, I used her when her um, when I hadn't for a while. And it was always good, but I also found that um, I think the two rights I lost were when I was using her. Mm. So um, I think there was sort of a gap in my sort of ability to play her style, if that makes sense. Did like, either of you ever lose a game before the first Liberation right? No. Yeah, neither did I. And, I mean, they say that after that first Liberation right that the enemies are harder after that. Yeah. Um, and I believe that that's sort of those mm. first eight, nine rounds. I think I only lost two. One was a liberation right, one was normal. Right. My, that was the same for me as yeah. well. I, I lost the second right, which was Tamitha, and then the second liberation right, which was Tamitha, and then, um... Just, I, I lost against, um, the swamp people. Yeah, yeah, one mm. of the, the witches. I think I did that as yeah, well. That's, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I lost that one too, mm. um... Which was fine because like, you, like you, you look at what they did and and the swamp like person was like kind of just hung around and then kind of accidentally killed herself with magic or something yeah and I was like all right yeah <laughs> that's like I didn't care about that person anyway and yeah. then all of a sudden I care even less yeah but like when you lose it like makes you feel like shit though like the way that they yeah. do it it's just like okay I think it's mm. because the game continues it's like you have to sort of live with yourself the fact that you yeah. lost you lost one yeah I don't did- know. Like, so, June, you're on a PS4 Pro. Mm. You were on a PS4 standard, Gary. Launch. Did, did yeah. you get any stuttering issues at any point? Stutter, like frame rate? Yeah. No. Well, like, like, not frame rate, but it would just, like, stop for, like, like a second. 
No. Because I had that any time, like, almost any time... Were you on PC or...? No, I was on, on PS4. PS4. Um, any time a certain character was on screen, the the swamp person that you have on your team... Bertrude. Yes. Um, any time they were on screen, whenever they would use their attack, um, it would just stop my PlayStation 4 for a minute and then keep going. Whoa. Like, like for like a second. So just her character? Or the enemy. Which means any time... So was... any witch archetype. Yes. Wow. Which meant that like it would just fuck up my input a lot during yeah. those fights which is why i lost that's um, so systematic i know it's it, like i'm like so like i looked on i looked online other people and other people have the same same issue with that yeah. character wow um that's very interesting yeah it was really weird i think it's just because it uses like it uses a lot of effects all at once yeah um and it just like i don't know it, it just it just caused some issue um like I, I had a few stuttering went on the overlord but i didn't really care about that because like whatever my biggest issue that I had, and this really bugged me because I'm, you know, I've, 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 in my past life, I was I was a music man. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this incredible soundtrack for this game. Yep. And in the overworld, there's a lot of um, tracks that have, there's like um, songs that have layers to the tracks. And when you're in certain menus, it adds, or you're talking to certain characters, it adds another layer on top. And another layer on top of that, so some extra percussion comes in, or a, or another instrument on top. Yeah, I had so many desync issues with those tracks, right? Where they would where they would slip out, and the and the drum beat would be out of time with the bass line, would be out of time with the, and I was like, oh, make it stop! It was infuriating, and it happened like dozens of times. Right, for me. yeah. Maybe you should both get a pro. Well, you want to buy me one? I'm trying. It was, it was just like, ah, it, it really irked me. And it yeah. was annoying because it was so frequent. Um, Which is same because the music is very good in that game. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it doesn't, it doesn't diminish my love for the game or the soundtrack. Right. Or even my experience. But it's just those times I'm just like, ah, <laughs> somebody help. Um, next character is... Bertrude. Uh. Yeah. Kind of well, no, by that point, you're sort no, of introduced to Sandalwood. Sandalwood. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like, Sandalwood... yeah, yeah, it's not playable to later, but yeah. Yeah, so Sandalwood is introduced at this point, who has been the sort of leader, this shadowy figure that Hedwin and um, Tariq have been um, are mentioning. It's sort of been this secretive person who's had this agenda. Yeah. We should. We need to get this many people, and it's. We're gonna find them later. And my informant says this, and it's like, what the hell are you talking about? And so, um, Valfred Sanderwood is a tree man, who has been down in the downside for a long time, and was a part of the Nightwings, which is your group's like name in the rights. Um, was a part of the Nightwings years and years and years ago before um, the Nightwings disbanded because of an incident, which we'll cover. Um, and his plan is to revolutionize the way that the Commonwealth is run. This is it's his plan to overthrow the Commonwealth, basically. Yeah. By sending people who are who represent the eight scribes who are sort of like the the people who created the rights and the, and therefore the Commonwealth because they are interlinked um, in the first place and to and you know saying it's clearly corrupt, there's so many problems with it, it we need a new start. So we're going to send people, and I'm going to talk to my agents, and we're going to we're going to move the people, and we're going to do this. So, Falford's very interesting because at the start he's like 
Thank you, reader. You've done very well to get us to this point. I will now take over, because Volfred can read and write, which is why he's in the downside. And so there was this weird moment where they're like, hang on, hang on. This reader, us, the, the, our player character, is like, oh, hang on, they've been through so much with us. Why would you do that? And he's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I'll just, I'll just be on the sidelines for a while. Yeah. It's interesting, this little weird power grab that happens at the start, and then it's like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't was... happen again. Yeah, I didn't really get that much. It was like, it like I don't know. It, it just seemed like a really strange kind of, mo- like just change of motivation that Santa would kind of went through very quickly. I, I mean, I feel like it goes along with his motivations because he's got this big plan, and surely his plan was to just yeah. help be as much of an active participant in this plan as possible. Um, but I'm... also, sorry. That's oh. right. <laughs> no, you go. Uh, I just, I'm just gonna say, like, um, even from like the very start, I really did not trust that that tree man at all. No. Yeah, and, and maybe and that's it, what that that thing is for, is to yeah. say. But even you... even before that point, like, I just did not trust him, and then he says, like, hey, I'll take over, and it's like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, game over. Quit. <laughs> um, but I mean, his character changes a lot, and he ends up um, letting you control him, mm. and he's actually his his um skill sets. Good. I used him a fair bit. Yeah, so did I. Mm. Um, very defensive. Yeah. Um, and did you guys liberate him? At the very, very, very end. Yeah, he was my last one. Because I he's think. introduced he so late into the game. He's like fourth liberation, right? He, you get access to him. Yeah. So, and he always gets a boost. He's got a permanent boost because you get him so late. So the only way you can liberate him, I think, is if you're using him in every right. Yeah, and like at that point, I was like. You're introducing mechanics very late in the game. I'm not a big fan of that. Like, in the last, like... I don't know. It's in the last, like, quarter. Or the last, like, fifth, maybe, of the game. And it was just kind of, like, a lot kind of late. And I went, like, I'm, I'll, I'll use you defensively, but I, you know, I've, I've made my choice. I'm going to liberate these characters. And, like, you and... Bertrude are just gonna miss out, my friends. Like, you know, <laughs> like bad luck. Like, you know, show up later. Show up earlier in the game if you want to be. Did um because he has an interesting liberation right where he's like, oh no, it's the last one. Isn't That's it? the final liberation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like it's like the is final the one same? is just the, yeah. Okay. Um. Who did so? Who did you both liberate last? Like, let's talk about that right later. But who did you liberate last? Hedwin. Hedwin. Mm. That's right. And what about you? Sandalwood. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah, I thought he was interesting because, well, first of all, he had a great voice. Yes. Um, and I thought it was Christopher Lee at the beginning. <laughs> he's he's dead. I know. Like, <laughs> like, that's why I was like, is that Christopher Lee? Wait, no, he died like two, like probably before this game started of Helen. Yeah. Um, and he has a great design as well. Um, mm. And he really engenders himself to the player. I reckon, like he he starts being quite chummy um, mm. after you get past all of that distrust. That he sort of has for you. If if you're hearing any scratching noises, that's my cat going a little uh, 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 wild. Let's say he's going a bit zoomy. <laughs> um, uh, but he kind of does this. He has this camaraderie with you. He calls you my kin because you are both readers. Yeah. Um, and he has a lot of discussions with you, and he sort of becomes the leader of the group in this, but only because it's his plan that we're working hard to enact yeah like he's you sort of you're sort of like the operations manager and he's like the the big picture guy 
<laughs> well, yeah, because you kind of fall into his plan. And yes. so there's a bit of like a, you know, all right, I'll take it from here. But th- like it, it becomes more of a like a partnership towards the end as yeah. opposed to like, you know, a, I don't know, like just a, a chain of command. Totally. It's interesting, totally. like, because he proposes his plan and, like, you're supposed to go along with it. But a lot of the time I was thinking, like, what, why? Right. Like, as, as, like, as the reader, it's like you don't really have any motivation to sort of go along with it. Yeah. You don't know who you are. You don't know why you're there. Like, I mean, you do know and why you you're there, but, like... you don't know a whole lot about the scribes yeah, and it's the like, commonwealth. Well, well, why? What does this benefit me? Like, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, like, like, so, like, like, at the end, none of us liberated ourselves. Like... No, you have the option to liberate yourself the person you anointed for the final right or someone who will get to later yeah and it's like like I, 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 when it gave me that option i was like why like what benefit would i have being there because like like, like that's why i thought it was a strange decision to make a ua character like that because you don't play an active role in the games like you don't control yourself in any of the rights no, you like, just get like, to control your sort of, like, personality with how you have conversations with people every now and then. Yeah, and, like, that, like, that choosing dialogue option only happens twice in the game? What do you mean? Where you can f- fit the words together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And, and then aside from that, it's just, like, choose one of three options. Yeah, like, and it was very, like, like, I wonder what the game would... I feel like... Almost that maybe having... Like, having you as a character lets you interact with the other characters in a way which is good, but it also puts you in the story that kind of bloats it out in a strange way of, Mm -hmm. like, you know, they always have... Like, you know, because you're there, they always have to address you anyway, which kind of leads to... Yeah, like, towards the end when it says, you know, do you want to liberate yourself? It's like, what, 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 what possible reason would I have for that? It depends. I think how much you get into it. I had a lot of... I always felt very invested even when I had those simple options, like Rookie wants to know what you think of his moustache. Or Joe Dario's oh, like, yeah. do you think I'm scary? And stuff like that. So I feel like I was enough of an active participant in that because they also let you choose your gender and how they refer to you and stuff like that. I don't feel like it was tokenistic, but I agree that there isn't enough to the character in terms of background and motivations because it's so blank for you to put yourself into mm. that you kind of don't see any space for what you would be doing in this world after it's all said and done. I mean, it gives you the options. Like, I think, who asks? Someone asks, like, what what do you, what would you want to do if you were liberated? And it's like, yeah. is that a, I want to go and tend... Yeah, I want to yeah. go tend my farm. Or, like, I want to go and go on an adventure over the seas. And mm. Yeah, like, and, and, and at that, that point... Like, yeah, like, and at that point, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a character in this yeah. world. And well, it's like, or oh, I could just stay down here. Like, it doesn't, like, it literally doesn't affect anything. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I had no emotion. Yeah, towards my character at all. I guess it's also like I there's not enough room for me to play a character. Like, you know, like if I'm playing like you know like a like an RPG where I can choose my own character. Like wow, or like you know, like a like a Bethesda RPG or something like, and you know, like I, I get those are you know completely different games, but it doesn't give me the room to play. It doesn't give me the room to be like an asshole to everyone, mm. or it doesn't give me the room to, you know, play the person who only cares about money in the world or only cares about winning the next match and not caring about like making connections. 
it's very much like a you were the compassionate camera yeah you know yeah. in a way which i felt like you know m- maybe you would lose the connection with you to the characters but the game might be kind of a little bit more cohesive if you were cut if 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 you as a character were cut from the game but i no i think you're right though i think it does add the um the closeness towards the characters that you feel and I yeah, think that, totally. that makes the game what it is because you know you're constantly deciding like oh my god like who am i going to liberate like mm. um, or even I do i want to hurt this person's feelings yeah like do, 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 you know like they're going to yeah. hate me like do do i want to i don't know I, I think like that would be a big thing to lose if they didn't have that but... that's true it's interesting uh, and that's like what made the game special to me i think because you have this yeah this closeness yeah but i think also bouncing off that why like like i i don't know why you would ever be mean because it would just negatively affect their stats yeah anyway. like like there was never an incentive to turn someone away say you know i'm scared of you because you look terrifying and that's bad or like what? yeah like there was never a it was a do you want the buff or not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And I mean, like we were saying before, you came at those sort of decisions with a very utilitarian sort of standpoint. It was like, how is this going to serve me in the rights coming forward? Well, like like that, but I mean, like, I was never given, you know, like, there was, there was like, in, like, in games where you play an arsehole character, there are reasons you could play an arsehole character. It could be you're greedy, so you get a lot of items. Or, yeah. like... You're greedy, so you've got like you've got huge amounts of power, but you just don't have any connections. So maybe like, you know, like like passing is slower or something. Mm. Um, and it always just came up as a strange decision to make when there was nothing. There was either the good option or the bad option. Yeah, that's fair. Or the say nothing. Yeah. There's a lot of say nothing. Yeah. Um. So let's. We still got a lot of like supporting cast members to get through. So let's... I mean, we t- just sort of rush through them as like. What what their motivations were? Yep. Okay. So uh, Barker. No, no, not yet. Not yet. We still got to talk about Bertrand. Oh yeah. I mean, all right. So <laughs> clearly, you two are very excited about this. Oh yeah, I love Bertrude. Bertrude. Bertrude is a witch from the Commonwealth who helped Sandalwood like spruik the good word with like fireproof ink and stuff like that. In the yeah. Commonwealth, but she also like loves Volfred as well. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. So I paid no attention to Bertrude. They had a conversation at one point that you like overhear where she's like, and I suppose you still feel the same way about us because she always refers to herself as a plural. Right. Um, and he's like, I'm sorry, Bertrude. I don't think of you that way. Your companionship is incredibly valuable, but yeah. Nothing has changed, and we don't. I don't feel it. And, she, and she's like, "Oh, that's a, oh well, that's." And she's clearly hurt, but they also seems like they grow to have this understanding and stuff like that. So it's sort of like, yeah, she does a lot for Volfred, just because. Um, she has a connection with him, right? Um, like when she upgrades the black wagon to be a boat, or a plane. Yeah, yeah. The wagon's cool. The black wagon is so cool. The animations of the wagon were... Yeah. I mean, the animations in this game are beautiful anyway, yes. but the wagon especially, like, I was looking at, like, a slowed down version of it and how it, like, it sort of squishes together and then falls down. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's really beautiful, yeah. Yeah. And the wagon is so much character on the inside. Mm. 
Um, I remember seeing, I, I watched a video after I was done with it and it showed the start of the game and you see the black wagon. I was like, oh my God, this looks awful. Mm. It looks so drab and um, uninviting, um, which is like no fun. But it gets so colorful and exciting and nice to be around mm. and yeah. fun to interact with. And like, you can read all of the status messages about where you're, characters are it's yeah, like yeah. where's rookie he's chasing his own tail and and tamitha's no pamitha's sitting on the roof and or like having and, a drink or and like zay's like, like drawing in the dirt and it's just yeah no there's there's so much character and life and um heart as with most of this game there's so much heart yeah in the black wagon yeah it's it's, it's awesome and when it turns into like an airship i just bump into all my stupid enemies and just like yeah like it's it's great when they get in the way of where i'm trying to go and i'm just like donk 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 yeah. and i'm like sending them through like zones and yeah. shit. <laughs> like taking them on a ride through the universe yeah um so uh in terms of like supporting characters and like enemies and stuff like that the first thing that i think of is celeste mm. who is the minstrel's counterpart at scribes oh, gate that's right yeah so every liberation rite, the the minstrel that you travel with, and the minstrel who lives at the mount at Mount Solium, um, they're clearly these two counterparts who they they sing over the rite. They sing this traditional song over the rite, and she mm. she has to deem people worthy to travel into the um into the the arena. Yes. Um, and there's this really w- weird dynamic between Tariq and Celeste, between the two minstrels, yeah. because there's there's so much history there. And like it's like their their divine roles have like intervened in their obvious relationship with each other, and like he's clearly wanting to um, indulge some part of that, and she clearly has such a an, a a sense of duty and honor that that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's very interesting. The sort of unrequited love. Yeah. Um, she... So, is the first time you meet her at the top of the mountain? Yeah. Yeah. She's only ever at Scribes Gate. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, and, you know, she was she would always be the ones that ask everyone who goes past questions about what they want to do. Yeah, it would sort of be this, like, summarization of their motivations. Yeah, but there's never a, there's never a moment where they, where she turns down anyone, is there? No, she just yells at people for being blasphemous at times. Oh, yeah, because Barker like starts acting shitty and then um just like he says it's been a real pisser getting up here yeah and she's like excuse me yeah (laughs) so um yeah no she's very honor bound up until the very end where like she has she has more conversations with Tariq as they get to the gate and they like have their own private conversations and then Tariq catches up later on and then at the very end, they're like, you may all pass, except for you, Tariq. And he's like, but you said I needed to do the thing. And she was like, the rights aren't over yet, so stay here with me a little while longer. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's nice. Um, it was nice that, that was it was all mostly unsaid, though. Yeah, it wasn't on the... Like, it was, you know, not spelled out to you. Yeah. It was just like a... It felt natural, Yeah, basically. Um, I'm trying to think who else. So, did you want to talk about Barker at all? Like, of course I do. Of course you do. Okay, so 
Barker's one of the the leads of the other triumvirates. He's the he's the he's the doggy boy. Barker was my favorite character, um, even though he wasn't in it much. Because he's a punk boy. Yeah, he's a punk boy. The most and, uh, metal fucking dog I've ever seen. <laughs> and the the song that plays over the the. It's really good. <laughs> Um, and their whole motivation is just because they want to, they want some fun and like they don't even want to really get out of there. It's just like they need something to do, and like even like if he's not liberated because he he you have the chance to liberate him if you want to, um, and if he's not, then he like when the rights stop happening, he ends up um, making. A version of it himself. Yeah, that's right. Where, they make the rights just like a sport in the downside. Yeah, because he, they they he needs he wants something to do and he like misses it. Yeah. Um, I'm so mad. I accidentally liberated Barker. Oh, Did you liberate you Barker? Kidding? I didn't. I lost the game. So, like, you, well, who was the other person you sent? Was it Pamitha as well? Or uh, no, it was the swamp person, <sighs> the one that did nothing. Oh, Udmilt. Yeah. Like a very like boring one. Yeah. Um, so what, what happened to Barker? Yeah, what happens to Barker? I, I accidentally skipped it. <laughs> what? I know. I accidentally skipped it. Like it was like. You're I, killing me. What? I'm, I'm very sorry. You're killing me. What do you me? mean you accidentally skipped it? Did I, you fall asleep? No, I was on the phone while it was happening, and then I realized, wait, I'm not actually reading what's going on here. And oh, yeah. I, I know. I completely fucked up. That was one of the things where I was just like, Jesus, why the like? Why did I? Why did I keep pressing X? <laughs> like there was no reason for me to do that, and then I was just like, well, that's. Annoying. Um, he's a good boy. No, he's not. He's, he's, not, not, a, he's not a good boy. He's such a rude asshole. I love him. Like I hated him, like just because he. He's kind of supposed to. Just because I liked him. No, like, <laughs> like I hated him well before. Like, <laughs> well before you knew he existed. He showed up on the screen. I'm like, fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's so rude to Rookie. He's such a dick to Rookie. He is. Rookie sits out of that round because he he's so out. scared. I know, I know. I, I felt so bad for him. I was like, this guy is a bully. And, yeah. like, this guy's whole... So, you know in TV shows where there's the main character in the first season and they always have that friend. That friend who stops them from reaching greatness because they keep bringing him down. The friend is this is... a TV season or is this your life? This is... No. No, <laughs> definitely not my life. But, like... Can I stop myself raising greatness? But it was like, like in in TV seasons, it's always like in the first season, and it's the friend who leaves, but always fucking comes back. It's the like shitty boyfriend who treats the girl wrong. It's mm. the you know friend from college, and the like the the main character's grown out of him already. It's that level of archetype of like just I hate this person, and I want them to no longer exist. I guess because you didn't do. Did you get the the bit where it's like I'll make you a deal if you win, then I'll stop. I'll get rid of all yeah. the thing on your family. Ricky cuts a deal with yeah. So with so Ricky comes up and he's like, "Hey, I'm sick of this shit. Um, if, if I if, win, if I win, you leave my family alone and leave me alone. Or and then if you lose, if I lose, I'll double what I owe you. Right. And if you obviously, well, I I won. Yeah. I'd, so I'd like he too. just leaves you alone and has does his own shit and Ricky's happy and stuff. So I think that's probably. Did you obviously you didn't get that? So well, like I I didn't get to find out. I'll quickly I'll quickly Google it. Um, um but yeah. yeah, I don't know that I didn't change his character, but like not really. No, it um, it did mean that he wasn't. He was being much less actively antagonistic. Yeah, um, but even when he was, I don't know. Okay, yeah, he I mean, has that's such a fucking cool design. You're welcome. Like, you're welcome to like this character. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, 
all, all the designs in in like character designs in this game are, are incredible and uh. like they haven't they've been they've been drawn from stuff but they haven't like you know you think of a fantasy world you think what like elves and and this world is so unique. trolls and stuff and like yeah there's literally yeah it is so unique and they they, they literally pulled these things from like nowhere mm. um all the all the different races yeah and um even, like, just when I was trying to describe it before, I, I think we cut it out, but I was like, is it steampunk or is it, like, is it fantasy? Mm. And I think Jeremy hit it on the head before, the being sort of mythical, sort of, like, that's the sort of setting. It's a mythical setting because yeah. there's so much, there's so many parts of it and it all works. It all comes together. It all co- coheres to itself, but you wouldn't, I, I couldn't, this doesn't feel fit into an archetype of some sort not really i mean like in the same sense that there's a level of classical fantasy in the sense of like there's knights and there's a kingdom and there's like like there's a war with like another species of like you know winged beasts or whatever Mm. um but what are my so there's a comic book series called saga um which is one of the best comic book series that i've ever read um, which is a very wild science fiction fantasy style, like very similar to this. It's like a lot of different races, a lot of different species, and like you know, like strange and unique characters all like all thrown into this world, and it just works because they're all so uh, unique. And it's it, it's a credit to the character design of like you know, like I didn't see a character in this game and felt like oh that's completely out of place, mm, mm. or like. And I, I didn't see a character that was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. It like, like all of a sudden, like, you're just in it. Yeah. And you're completely invested in it in a sense of, like, uh, like a immersion of narrative and, like, I can't think of the word. Like, like just, just the, like, just the design and the feel. Of, like, 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 it's got a real, like, organic feel to the universe. Yeah. Um, even without seeing what the Commonwealth looks like as a like civilization, like mm. like for for some reason when I see the Commonwealth in my mind, it's what's the city in Zelda that begins with a G? Gerudo. Yeah. The Gerudo town. Yep. So sort of like a desert sand brick, yep. like mud brick town. For some reason, that's what I see. Yeah. No, no rhyme or reason why. Yeah, I, I sort of think of like a Renaissance Italy sort of, right. like Florence sort of, you know, Assassin's Creed Two sort of setting. Mm-hmm. Um, really, like a lot of stone masonry and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it it totally doesn't matter. No, like it, you know, it could be, you know, like it could be spaceships and you know skyscrapers for all we know. Yeah, and it could fit perfectly. Yeah, totally. Um, which probably talk. Is there any other characters you want to talk about before we talk about the details? I mean, the, so there's the... Oh, what the hell is the name of that character? The, there's the, the the character you fight in the final liberation, right? Oralek. Uh, yeah. We do need to talk about Who's Oralek. kind of important. So Oralek was a he's part... He's beautiful also. Oh, His oh. design is gorgeous. Yes. So he's been there for who knows how long. Like, as long as Volfred, except he must have been human, so he's become this... The most aged demon that you see. He's got the deepest voice and the longest horns and the and the biggest beautifulest hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like regal almost. Yeah. His pal- color palette was, was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. 
So Orelek was a part of the original Nightwings, along with Tizo and uh, Volfred and two others. Um, one of whom becomes the voice, who we haven't talked about. We should talk about the voice. Yeah. Um, and then Orelek was anointed to be liberated, but then there was this one team member who instead pushed Orelek off the cliff, off of Mount Solium, and jumped into the... The, the light, I guess. What is it called? The spring... I don't remember what it was called. The, 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 the water thing that goes up that takes you back to the Commonwealth. She jumps into it, gets eviscerated, because she didn't earn the right. Yeah. And he falls down to presumably his death. He reveals himself later in the, um, in the game uh, as having survived it and become this, this demon. And he is so jilted. And he is so angry. And he is so righteous um, for this chance that isn't his. And he's very angry at Volfred for... Um, presumably having let it happen and he's been stewing and stewing on this this, this malcontent and this, and this unease mm. um, he's such a unsettled unhappy character yeah you get the chance at the crunch. end to either liberate uh, yourself mm-hmm. well whoever you plan to liberate and then him because mm. um, he's he's the final yeah so like for me it was Sandalwood me and and or like, and it was too. like, holy shit. Um, did anyone liberate him? No. no, I didn't. I'd be really interested to see what happens if you do. Yeah, because yeah, he doesn't really seem very trustworthy. I mean, he wouldn't be part of the plan, I don't think. No. no. He has no motivation to help. And the thing is, help. what does someone like that who's become so obsessed with um, getting what they so rightfully deserve yeah. um, do once they get it? Yeah. Being so angry and being so almost malicious you know like he he rams your thing and he's like he like sneaks into your black wagon he has that conversation with you and you're like "Uh, what do i do and he he can't he can't hear any other any other perspective every time i think every time i faced him i had tizo on the court Mm. and he and Orelek have a conversation every time and so and sometimes really genuine like tizo is like really shy is like oh hi Orelek, how's it going it's like and Orelek's like tizo it's great to see you did your horn heal up well and it's like oh that's why he's got the bandage that's why Tizo's got the bandage on the horn because yeah. they had to glue it on and fix it or like helped him and they've got this this friendship that that they clearly once cherished and has and there's now this divide between them because of their cause because Orelek's so he's like gone off the deep end yeah yeah he's just so um, tunnel visioned yeah with with getting what he rightfully deserves like, he's like entirely radical yeah um, I did feel guilty not liberating him though, like the thought that he is just gonna be angry down there forever and never gonna get the chance. Yeah, it's hard when he once did have the chance. That's the thing. And it was yeah. stolen from him. I thought that was really good when they say because as with all the choices, you get a little blurb with each one when you hover over it. And his was like, he did own the right so long ago. Surely he has. He should be able to go free. And it's like, yeah, but I think. He is past being um, redeemed, almost. Yeah, he's he seemed a bit beyond um, rightful of it. He seemed to be damaged. Yeah, just so full of malice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't seem right to me. Someone else we um, could briefly touch on was the dog father and the dog son. Yeah, um, what were they? Who were they called? Gil, Gil, 
Delbert? Gilbert? Delbert. Delbert. No, Delbert. Delbert. Yeah. Something like that. Delbert. Yeah. Um, also very good. They, they were like one of the nicest nicest ones I yeah, guess that, that was the only time I felt bad about not letting them lose oh yeah. god I wish I kind of wish I did but like but then but his then son also was like such an asshole but then his yeah. son and him would have been separated anyway so it's kind of like mm. I don't know and like they even and say they, that they say that at the very end they're like what worth would it what what would our liberation be worth if we were separated anyway yeah it's such a loving father and this and this very gentle soul no, never, never any, um, any dis, any sort of, you know, everything I just spoke about with Aurelek, that sort of unease. None, you don't get any of that when you have any interactions with him. Even when you bump into their wagon, like his son's always like, "Oh, what you do that for?" He's like, "Oh, calm down, son. It's okay." They were sure they were just, you know, flying across and happened to, yeah, break like into just, whatever. yeah, yeah, just like it was clearly, it was, um, it was clearly an accident, my boy. Um, um. Yeah, and, like, the son was quite, like, you know, it wasn't enough, like, that we didn't win, and then dad's like, you're right, it wasn't enough. Um, and I was like, you were such a good dad. Yeah. Like, you were, like, this, like, your piece of shit son is, like, you know, too good for you. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> he doesn't deserve you. Yeah. And that's great. Um, so the the um, the end of their journey of, um, of Dalbert and his son, whatever his name is, um, is that Galbert. Dalbert and Galbert. Again, if you're hearing more scratching, it's my cat. I don't, I don't think it's going to be cut. Um, so, the end, at the end, because we have, we've sort of mentioned this, that there's stories for each person at the very end, but when you, when you do the final thing, it gives you a little um, epilogue for each character of what happened. Yeah. And so their epilogue was like, um, not long after the end of the rites, Dalbert passes away. Right. Um, but tells his son to honor the scribes, you know, the sort of deities of the rites, and to go to the monuments. And while he's doing that, he meets Zay. He meets the Moon Touch girl. Right. I mean, like, yeah, not for me because I liberated her. Yeah. Um, and they form a relationship. The son and and the uh, and Zay. I'm just gonna say Zay because that's what I called her. Girl, you don't need him. Yeah, I know, oh, it's you weird. But it's like, she's sort of like, they just have a good friendship. Because she, she's, the they mention it, um, they mentioned it in both of their epilogues for me, where it was like, she was, you know, happy to see this person who she'd met during the rites. And this right. guy's like, who are you? Mm. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, oh, hi, how's it going? What's what's going on? And so they, yeah, she's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was really interesting, really surprising. Um, should we talk about the voice? Yeah. yeah. So the voice is asshole. is it an asshole? Yes. I bet, like, even from the start, his voice is just so jarring and awful. It's like I have to turn my volume down. Like it's it's bad. The rights. Oh. Um. <laughs> the Nightwings prevail. And I don't know. Like even when like he finds out that you're doing this plan and you've got Sandalwood on your team and stuff, he, yeah. gets, oh, he's sort of, so he gets really cranky. Yeah. So um, caustic, you know, just like. What? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really think he was very important. I think in his the end. character is very interesting, though. Uh, I, and I think it says a lot of what it means for, like, what it says a lot about what the Commonwealth and the downside and the cycle of the rights and what the scribes created. It is. It, it says so much about this whole structure, because the the voice was a part of that original troop with Oralek and Volfred and Tizo, and he was liberated. First, before Aurelex, before Aurelex was um, betrayed, 
and he is taken to as we were saying when you're when you're liberated you get taken to this um place of like uh you you come back to glory and and status and he becomes the leader of the commonwealth he becomes archbishop androbeles something something the fourth jesus you paid more attention to that stuff than i did mm. um and he also prevails over every single one of the rights so that's when you hear the most English. It's it's that. It's whenever um, um, Tariq and or Celeste sing. Um, that's when you hear the English. So every time he's this this weird cryptic thing, and he also um, he also speaks to you in in your dreams as well. He's got this connection with you, right? Um, as well to... as well as narrating the rights. Yes, like commentating. And so he's got this. It's interesting because. Um, the voice, which is just what I'm going to call him, rather than Androbeles, the whatever, mm-hmm. um, started out as a presumably human, um, not necessarily human, as this person who um, was exiled to the downside and through the cycle of the rites that has been going on for so long, was then brought back to the Commonwealth and has then been preserving this cycle of exilement, liberation and sort of oppression in the downside and as well as oppression in the Commonwealth and like control through that because he was the one who outlawed literacy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, no, it can't have been, because Volta no. was down there. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's sort of been a part of that. So it's interesting that the people who are exiled become part of the problem, if that makes any sense. Yep. Um, and so this person who once earned their freedom and can and had so much at stake for um, coming back and making sure that no one ever did this, is the one who is making sure that um, this will keep happening. Yeah. And I thought it was... It, it, it said so much to me that um, all the events in the downside are so linked to the events of the Commonwealth as well. Because mm. you figure, you know, people go to exile and it's like, great, Commonwealth, see you later. But it's actually so much more linked than that. The The, the leader of the Commonwealth is also watching over this sacred trial that determines who will and will not come back and so he ends up talking to you at some point and saying i thought you might have even been a good heir because that what that's what's can happen that's what can happen to readers is they can go to like the highest status of the commonwealth if they are if they get the chance it's very you know class warfare like yeah and it's like also about institutions and it sort of makes me think about um sort of like cycles of incarceration as well yeah i think I think this is partly where it started to lose me. Okay. Um, just because, like, like not not that I'm not interested, because I'm very interested in that stuff, but it didn't really say anything. Like, you don't have the option to decide if you want to do that or not. That's fair. Like, like you, you never get the option to do the other thing, to become the heir, to join the... Like, to join the cycle of... You know, keeping the prisoners down. Well, can I ask you though, what would that option have given you that you didn't already get from the story that didn't give you that option? I, I think it just would have dealt with that, like because it kind of brought up a topic which is very interesting and very like important, mm. and then just kind of left it there. Like, like, like it's it's not that like I think it didn't like I. I I don't know, because like it's not like it had to do that. Like it's not like it's it's not like while bringing up a topic, you have to deal with the topic in in every single way. 
Yeah. Um, and that's fine because that's the story they wanted to tell. It just felt like a really... What was it, like half-baked? Like, not half-baked, but just basic. Like it, was, okay. like, it was just a very, like, straightforward, like, you will be the good guy and do the good thing. Okay. And there was never, like, there was never a temptation. There, because, yeah. like, there was never, a, there was never, a, like, weakness from your character or any of the characters from that matter that, no, that you were point. a party in. Like, all of them are of pure heart. Which is, I think, one of like one of my issues with the game is that there was no party member which was like, Pamitha. Yeah, I mean, Pamitha like actively says that I should kill you all. Really? When? Oh, uh, you sort of because as a reader, for some reason, you can start hearing people's thoughts. It's right. one of those. And she's like, "You don't want to hear my thoughts," and then and then, yeah, and then says like, like, "I should kill oh, you all." Oh yeah, yeah, I, I remember. Like that was in the in the caravan. In, in the wagon. Yeah, room. yeah, and I I th- th- felt I was almost like. Like, where the fuck did that come from, almost? Because, like, there was no, like... There was no, like, trust middle ground, kind of. It was very much like, you're all in it together, let's go, my friends. Yeah. Our merry men of... Our, 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 our merry party of random outcasts. Mm. Um, which is fine, but it was also very, like... Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is... You know, like, this is a, a fine story, which I'm still enjoying, but it's also extremely, like, kind of generic. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think for me, what got me the most was that it just it told a story of a world. It wasn't about the player agency or choice. I didn't. Oh, no. I didn't mind because like I would if I had the choice, I would have played that game exactly the same way as it played out anyway. Because right. um, and just even in Mass Effect, I always do that. I don't. It's not like I go into a good playthrough and a bad playthrough. Like right. I can never really. I don't enjoy being an asshole for the sake of it. Right. Um. So. That sort of played out the way I would have wanted it to anyway. So I'm sort of glad there was no choice for me. And so all of that sort of came together with all of the... Um, with all of that world building and all of that... Again, that interlinked um, cyclical nature of who becomes leader and who gets exiled and yeah. all that stuff. I thought... I've, I've, it made me appreciate Volfred's plan more because it was like this really is corrupt right and while it might have been a great idea at the start from these eight people to um who sacrificed their freedom so that we may have ours yeah or whatever from the scribes it's like well yeah but then you also let the people who are free have the power and then they don't want to get rid of the power because they know what it's like to and then it's yes It is fascism to communism. Um, like, it, that is almost exactly what it is, in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I guess I, what I'm trying to say is I just really appreciated that extra dimension. Yeah, no, like, like I, I, t- I totally appreciated it, too. I, like, I think, like, I, I just wished it kind of, it just took that one extra step of, like, even tempting, like, like it, it, even tempting some of the, some of your other party members that, like, I actually wanted to listen to that wasn't just Panatha, um, into like something else, mm. um, just because all the others were completely on board almost from the get go. Yeah, there was this one time that I thought was interesting where the voice is like, "There is a traitor amongst your group." Yeah, I consider never resolved. I, he was lying. Yeah, oh, okay. like I'm pretty sure yeah. it was just sandalwood. Something well, like well, that. like as in he was trying to allude to the voice, not trusting sandalwood. Yeah, but he was trying to do it more sneakily than that. Mm. He was trying to make you not trust your team. Yeah. Mm. 
But I, the more I th- like, I sort of considered it for like twenty minutes and forgot about it. And then I, I'd think about it every time I like started up the game again. I was like, oh yeah, apparently he's a traitor. And then as it became more obvious who this person was, I was like, there's no traitor. This guy just doesn't want us to. He just wants me on the on side. Yeah. Like I just ignored what they said, and it was never addressed again, which I thought was really interesting. Um, because it was just this moment that came and went. Yeah. Of this deceit. This, like, desperate attempt to be like, Oh, Rita, there's something wrong. Mm. Trust me. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, like, it, it was very much of, like, a... I don't know, like I, I, like, I felt it was odd. Like, I felt like they almost wanted to go a step further with that and kind of, like, make make you, like, out someone. Yeah. Or, like, like make, make you choose one of your party members to exile mm. and then... Later on, you can find out if you made the right decision or not. Or they'd, like, join Orelic or something. Yeah, like, like, or they would join another party and then might stop you from... Like, which... That would be interesting, but that would also break my heart. So I'm <laughs> glad it didn't happen. <laughs> um, um, shall we quickly talk about the music? Yes. Beautiful. What about Sandra? Do you, do you want to talk about... I mean, we're kidding. I mean, to talk I lied to me about Sandra because I missed everything about Sandra, apparently. Because all I saw her was, like, hey, do these extra little missions if you want. And I went, yeah, all right, I'll do them. I'll get some extra bonus points. But yeah, I, I, she has a character, apparently. I do want to go over it because there's a really interesting part of what her character was, I think. Right, I'll give you I'll give you five minutes and we'll have a break and then we'll talk about the final stuff. Okay, cool. Um, so Sandra is this wraith who's been banished to this crystal by the original scribes for trying to kill uh, Solium in the first place. She was like an assassin. Right. Um, and her t- whole team was an assassin. That's her her team of wraiths in there is good. And in, mechanically, she's used as like a practice arena. And um, you can also use her as little challenges for your team members to get extra talismans. But you can also have conversations with her sort of every every other right. Right. Um Right. Right, right, right. Right. Um, and to start with, she's this really jaded, snarky, mean, sort of cackly person. She's, yep. she's so jaded. Because she's, she's been stuck in this crystal for... A, 800 years, I think she Yeah, says. 857 mm. years, I yeah. think she says. Because she's marking it on, like, something. Um, oh, wait, no, that was Dario marking it on a breastplate. Anyway, she's, she said, round about there. I don't know, I might have lost count. And throughout all of your interactions with her, it develops that she she starts talking about how all the Nightwings prior, you know, they all get liberated and then they just leave her there. And she keeps making connections with the with these readers who um, have yeah, they keep having these connections with the readers, um, but th- then she gets left behind anyway. And so it starts Which happening. Which happens in this game? No. Oh, you, you, you not can br- for me. Oh, you can bring her along. So it gets to the point where she start she starts reaching out, and you you can answer questions, and like there are times where it's like just stay with her for a while, and you don't talk, and you just like stay it, together, just like have company. Yeah, right. And she and she finds it so um, meaningful, and then immediately is like, get the fuck away from me. Right. Like this has happened to me before. You're gonna hurt me. There's no point. What's the point? Don't bother talking to me again. Um, it's this whole, it's this build up and it's this knockdown and it's, and it's so interesting because I think it really aptly, well, I, I say aptly, but no one who wrote this had any idea. And I just think it's, it's an excellent exploration of what that many years of punishment would be right. an eternity of punishment. Mm-hmm. 
and then when she finally gets the chance, she doesn't know what to do with it. Um, and so at the very end, if you've been keeping up with her, if you've been encouraging this relationship, she says, I have a proposition. Whatever happens, I sense this is the last time we will be doing these rights because the rights come to a close. Um, and she's like, you're welcome to say no or do nothing, but if you decide to, if you'd be happy to, even if you would just leave me on your shelf and check in with me once a year, take me with you. Right. And I, it's, and so I, I did that. Right. Did you do that too, June? I didn't get that far. Oh, right. Okay. I talked to her, but I obviously I didn't unlock yeah. that, that much. I, I made every chance. Yeah. I, I took every chance to talk to her. Right. I wish so, I did. Yeah. Yes. Like, 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 now, like I actually wish that I, I had done that because I didn't realize that that was even an option because the first couple of times she's like, ah, cackly evil. And then yeah. I went, okay. Yeah. So, so this is this character. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I would check in with her every time, every time we got to a new destination and it gets to a point where you sort of exhaust the sort of extraneous options. And it's only every time you get a challenge for the next team member that she'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you if you talk to her for all of those times and you get that far ahead, by the time you get to the last right, um, she wants to talk to you a final time. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really meaningful way to to explore that hypothetical situation. Right. Um, yeah. I thought they did it really well. Mm, like it, it sounds like it was actually very good, and like I think I just like I, I, I either I didn't read it right, and I just completely missed it like accidentally, mm. um, or like I, I also wish they kind of maybe stressed it a little bit, little bit more that yeah. like that I that I could actually make connections with that. Well, that's the thing, yeah. right? It's because this game is so character connection based. Yep. That's not going to be obvious, you know, and it's not like you get an achievement for it or anything. There's no gameplay benefit to it. It's just if you make that connection to that character, she reaches out to you. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I sort of, I sort of don't mind that it's not that obvious. Yeah, no, like, I, I know what you mean. I think it was more of like a, like, I missed out on that and I wanted to experience <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, so let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up talking about sound and the art and anything else. Any other little tidbits that we enjoyed. And we're back. Um, so we Hello. Hello. Uh, we just kind of wanted to wrap up, um, talk a little bit about the music, a bit about art, and a bit about little other things that we liked or didn't like, or just wanted to talk about before we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kerry, you have things you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, I'm going to start with this one because it's it doesn't really fit into any like category, and it was one moment that I just that just resonated with me so much as readers both the player character and Volfred can sort of telepathically read and talk to people's minds so Volfred spends a lot of time like not a lot of time but a few times like telepathically talking to you like yeah just saying messages to you and the first time he does it which is very early on he's been is after he did this big speech about what the revolution is going to be and the first time he talks to you telepathically he speaks in English and that moment where he does that is just it had it added so much weight to him talking through that way 
to me. Like, I don't even remember what he said. Just that he said it in English. I don't even remember that. It was it was near the start. It was right after his big speech about the plan. Mm. Right. And okay. I was just like, whoa! Because he's got such a great voice as well. That moment just really resonated with me. I loved it. Um, yeah. In terms of the writing, I think this is some of the best writing in any game I've ever played. Which is very important because this game, I would say, is like 60% text. Mm. Yeah. There's so much time reading. Even in the rights, you know, there's so much character interaction sometimes with the different grudges and yeah. stuff like that. And I, I just loved the writing. It just had me almost all the time. Like, it was very natural mm. um, conversation, which is not easy to write at all. Um, and I thought they did a very good job of it. And the flavour text was all very descriptive and, and cohesive as well. So much lore. Mm. Yeah. Like, there's so much lore for a game which is so... You know, relatively small in scale. Yeah. Um, which I really appreciated. Like, it made the world feel real and believable. I mean, that's super giant for you, though. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I love I loved the writing. Although I did feel like I've got... I felt like there was it, the writing and the flow of the story was so strong when you were going on the Black Wagon through the world for the first time. So yeah. From the start to the first liberation, right? The writing was so strong. And then after that... Just the pacing was a bit weird because after that you get the ability to fly and there's more choice and everything has to be a bit more generalised. Yeah. And there's not as much um, story pace going alongside the the character moments. It's just mm. sort of sparse character moments here and there and everywhere. Um, I did miss that original pacing once we once the black wagon took off from the ground. Yeah, so did I. Like it felt very. I don't know. Like it. it like not that they ran out, but it was very much like a. You know, this is like the last phase. Just kind of, it, it it felt like the victory lap in the sense of you know, like in a, in a lot of games when you're in the last level, a lot of it is revisiting all the old levels again. Mm. But I did that in a way which didn't really make me feel nostalgic or didn't make me feel like, oh yeah, I remember when this happened. Yeah, it was more of a just like, let's just go through these parts one more time, just to kind of level you up a bit and just kind of pad out the game. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was, was like the other half of the game, like more. Yeah, like it was, it was a huge chunk. Yeah, because that first... I'd say that first bit is 30 to 40% of the game. Yeah. Like, time-wise. Uh, a little bit more than that, I think. Like, I, w- I would say 40, 45, yeah. Yeah, yeah because cause each liberation, right, takes shorter and shorter time to get to. Um, Which I appreciated, because by the time, like, the fourth and fifth and sixth liberation rights were coming along, I was like, all right, let's get through this. I'm just getting to... I'm just getting to liberation rights at this point. I'm not really caring about the battles of the Oh, time. Jeremy, I... Uh, I, I just wasn't into the like how many hours have you been playing at that point like like roughly the same as the first time I played it like I was about six or seven in mm. and it just like the, the pacing of the first half was just like way more clear it's definitely more half. structured yeah the second half I was like alright how many rides do I need to do before the next one the next liberation three Alright, let's get through this. Did that make you not enjoy the character moments in between? Like, were you like skipping through and? I was reading faster. Um, I like I was still reading it all. Like, yeah. like I was still taking it in, but it was very much like a. All right, let's move this thing along. You had A to B. I had the episode before the finale syndrome of like, all right, I know what's coming next. Next episode, next like next episode is like the moment. Right. And this episode is the setup. It is not the moment. It is not the moment. It is the moment before the moment. <laughs> okay. Um, 
yeah, no, I think that's that's all that I had for writing. Yeah. Um. You want to talk about the 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 visuals? Yeah. Um. Pretty. Oh, breathtaking, breathtaking animation for the rights and the black wagon and stuff like that. Um, the world design was gorgeous, even if a little like underutilized because it's just sort of this one map that you flew across. Yeah. It was still so vibrant and glowy and... Each section was different in a way which was interesting. Yeah, and, and all of the the um, like landmarks, all the celestial landmarks of like the dead titans, they were... They were really cool. They were gorgeous. Mm. Scorp- and really Scorpion distinct. with the meteor in its face. Yeah, and the... I like that one... The- there was the one where they had like a trident in it and the hand was like drawn oh, so yeah, beautifully the, the like, the sea. it was yeah. like drawn like that it was really cool yeah um, and, and the, the horse with boobs the horse with I didn't see the boobs all I saw was the, the, the horn on its head were there boobs? yeah ah oh, there you go um, oh, fine I'll go replay the game <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and the characters designs yeah very very good ah oh, flawless and like what was really interesting is because they've all got like five like emotions you know like mm. they're all very similar you know they're all kind of in the same pose and their face changes a little bit and Jodariel's changes are so subtle she's got a very slight smile or a slight scowl or, or a neutral face or like slightly shocked whereas Vol- um, Sir Gilman's is so exaggerated because his yeah. eye changes shape and um he like op- opens up his mouth and like closes it and like he's got like you know because he, cause he's only got one eye his kind of eyelid slash eyebrow is so emotive yeah absolutely it's sort of like um, when you hear about Pixar trying to make Wally or Eve emotive from yep. that it's, yeah um, or, or the portal robots yep. making them emotive yeah. um, not, not even that though they like um they increase to that by having the the color in the background. Yes, yes, so yes. So like when someone's like mm, really the, the, the excited, it's like or um like Zay says something really like exuberant or something like that. It has like the pretty color that washes over the background. Mm. Yeah, um, and a lot with Orlek. The blue streak. The Orlek had a lot of the blue streak, which like made it look first of all like it made his color scheme look beautiful, like mm. with the blue behind it and stuff like that. But it also like added to the the what they wanted to convey the emotion was, yeah. Um, which I think was good for characters that needed a little bit more. I yeah. suppose they didn't have as many. What are they called? Like sprites, I guess. Like yeah, totally. Yeah. It was really simple and really effective. Yeah, because it came along with its own sound effects as well. Like the blue one had like a tinkling chimes effect, and the the yellow like star shaped one that Sir Gilman, whenever he was yelling, that was always like a like a cymbal crash. It was like a and. Um, same with like the design of the characters in the rights. They all had yes, like like yes, they all, they yes. all had defined silhouettes. Yes. Um, which in a like a fast game like that is super important. Mm, that's sort of uh, class based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and with whatever like eight or nine different classes together, like having them all be unique and defined in a way where I can just look at the shape and know what that character is mm-hmm. is just like a testament of like their character artists and designers are just like they just got it like they hit they just got 100% right yeah absolutely and there was this moment where um because at the start when um the the original when Hedwin Ricky and Joe Dario find you for the first time um they're wearing their masks Mm. yes and then they take them off it's like whoa 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 
but the the designs even with the masks when they look like these creatures mm. it's just stunning I, I there's something about the designs of these characters that I it just floored me every time you look at the witches and they've got those like tendrils for eyebrows yeah. and and their and their creeping hands and they're like floating above the ground and they're like hidden in their cloaks and then you see all the saps and well the two of them and and they've got these these regal clothes and they really come out at this broad stature and yeah it was so distinct and lovingly crafted and memorable yep it just it really it really struck a chord for me i think the other thing as well is because of those like character moments in those like hand-drawn character stills for all the conversations were so still and not very dynamic because it really was only their faces or they changed into their raiments. Yeah. Um, it made the animation in the rights and for the black wagon, the actual pure motion animation, that much more meaningful, I think. Yeah. Um, and they executed on that as flawlessly, I reckon. And like, as you were saying, it was very distinct. Um, but the movements, every the way that each of them jumped or slashed or uh, Volfred like digging up through the ground and stuff like that it just it struck me like the, the first time um, when Dredariel is placed in the arena and like that's sort of the first animation you get of like the arena mm. yeah it's like holy fuck that's beautiful mm. um, yeah. yeah yeah I think that's all I had to say for visuals yeah like the it's just such a good looking game yeah um, so something at the start of the game that we haven't touched on is that uh, you get to choose how characters in the world will uh, refer to you as, or rather you get to choose your pronouns. Um, and they let you choose between he, she, and they, basically. Or he, him, you know. Yep. Um, and that was... Awesome. Yeah, it's good. That's really good, and it was especially interesting after all of was it um, not Hacknet? But what's that? What was that? Um, uh, there's like this uh, space um, f- sort of forex tactical Battletech. Battletech, yeah. Yeah. Um, when that came out, and they had sort of neutral programs pronouns yes. in there, that, there was this big uproar. But yeah. this game just came and went, and there was no no thing about it. Yeah, I mean, like you know, it should be standard, um, but yes. like it's. Like, I think because it was an independent game, um, it was more, like, it, it not, I don't, I don't know the right word, it was in a game like Battletech, uh, you know, here is, here is Judgy, in a game like Battletech attracts a certain audience, um, yeah, and, and a certain audience, enough. like, that might not be, um, as, uh, progressive or good. Um, Sympathetic. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, like I'm, I'm very glad that Battletech has done that, um, and you know, Pyre should also be commended for that because it's what you should be doing. Yeah, um, I um, I chose the um, neutral pronouns, right. um, and a lot of that's because, well, it's the first option I've been given in a game, and so I went with it. But also, uh, my partner is non-binary, right? Um, and so when I was talking, you know, when I was talking with Sam about it, Sam said, um. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, they were saying that uh, while it's really good that they made that effort, and that's, you know, so really needs to be commended, like, no other character was given a gender-neutral stance no. or a sort of a... Um, or an androgynous sort of a feel or a different... Like, people were still very 
feminine or masculine. Yeah, um, I, I did notice that while playing through it. There wasn't a... The only person that wasn't was um, Bertrude. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, you could still... Because those are all, like, witches, they're all, they're all sort of femme, you know? And her... All the relationships also seem to be quite hetero, now that I think about it. Like, there was Hedwin and that harp, because they all seem to be women. Um mm. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not that simple, but no, it sort like, of it comes across as that simple. There, there wasn't a level like there wasn't a lot of representation as far as anyone that isn't what you want to choose. Yeah. So what? Yeah, it was awesome that that choice was in there, but it would have been nice if it was also reflected in the world a bit more. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but overall, thumbs up for that one. Uh. June, do you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, I don't think so. I'm just going to talk about the gender neutral stuff as well, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I've sort of covered sound throughout the thing, just with the soundtrack being so good. Yeah, totally. Like, I, like, just one final thing I wanted to touch on with the sound was that the final song that gets sung uh, reflects the choices that you made throughout, um, yeah. which I thought was very cool. Yeah, it was a gorgeous credit scene. Yeah. Yeah, like really good credits, and like you know, each verse was uh, reflect like reflected a different character that you liberated or didn't, hmm. um, which was great. Um, they would have had to do so many takes of that song. Yeah, they would have had to written a lot of different versions. Just the different uh, like like lines in the verse. Yeah, yeah, and then had to make them you know also a song like verse would have been like a whole nother step entirely. I was actually there. paying attention to that as it was happening because yeah. I noticed that it was like personalized. Mm. I was like. There's a lot of space between like dividing lines yes. in the bars. Like yeah, the... it wasn't like there was flowing lines of dialogue across the whole verse. It was like two sentences with a start and a finish and a bit of gap in between. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean that makes sense. Um, but is... it was still gorgeous. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, no, this this is the soundtrack. Everyone talks about Supergiant Games's soundtracks, um, and I haven't. Well, I mean. I don't own Bastion, and I tried to play Transistor, and I didn't really get it. Right. Um, so not, I've never really had the exposure to these games. I've tr and I've tried listening to the soundtracks on their own, but having played this game with this soundtrack, like, I am buying this soundtrack. Right. Like, this game is so good. And, like, like I June said this as well, but, like, we both bought the Pyre theme for PS4. And that's perfect, because it sits there, and it's got this nice fire animation and the just the gentle background music going. I was like, oh. Oh, does it have Pyre music? Yeah. Okay, like, because... It's worth the five dollars. Yeah, like like PlayStation themes to be make or break with the music, yeah. and like if it like if it's got the music, then yeah, I'll, I'll probably definitely pick that it's, up. It's a, like I've always I've had the Firewatch theme ever since Firewatch came out on yeah. PS4, um, and like it's such a like different change. Like even the music in the Firewatch theme is beautiful, and Firewatch is beautiful, and that theme is gorgeous. Mm. But like having this one now, it's like I don't know Darren Corb's music. Like I've liked him ever since I played Bastion for the first time. Yeah. Um, and like this is just so Darren Corb. Like it's it's. It hits a nail on the head. It's really good. Yeah. It's really excellent. It's got this great feel of sort of foreboding tension and sort of a... It, has, everything feels a bit downcast, he, just a little bit down on tone, like slightly unhappy. He has his own style and it's... it's. I don't even know how to... Great. Great, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's more like um, kind of twangy almost. Yes, absolutely. And it's the same as like Bastion, the same as Transistor. It's like this, this twangy... But twangy, uh, twangy like doesn't even sound right. But you know what I mean. I, it, it, it's it, very like like 
whimsical or whimsical. It? Whimsical, that's the word. Um, whimsical. <laughs> uh, like you know, it's very like a you know. He tells like the way you listen to a song. It's almost like you're listening to a tale, mm. or you're listening to, you know, a story of old or something. Um, yeah, like the Bastion soundtrack is so fucking good. Mm. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, also, there was one that video I watched. Um, it was like a sort of an interview with um, Greg Kasavin, who is one of the designers on the game I think um, who's sort of playing through the beginning and talking about some of the voice actors and stuff like that and the person who is the actor of the voice is also the narrator for Bastion mm. um, even though I've, right. I've played a bit of Bastion and those voices are incredibly different because mm. one of them's like that old timey gruff American the, the kid yeah mm. totally and this guy's like Rita yeah <laughs> um, yeah so I thought that was that was an interesting little bit of tid that's cool uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much done talking about Pyre. Um, one last thing. June, would you recommend the game? Yes, absolutely. Kerry, would you recommend the game? Very highly. I really love this game. I would also recommend the game. Um, it is uh, $20 on PlayStation Store in Australia. Yeah, default when it's not on sale. Yep. There's always a sale every now and then. It comes down like yep. 10 bucks. Yeah. Um, definitely pick it up. Also check out Supergiant's other games because they're also very good. Mm, I'm going back to play Transistor now. I could download it last night. Cool, cool. Transistor Trans- isn't as good as Bastion. Have no. you finished Bastion? No, Bastion, like, a friend let me borrow his, like, Steam account for a while. Bl- and... Buy and play Bastion first before you play Transistor, in my opinion. Okay. Bastion, Bastion is very, very good. Also, everyone should play Bastion. Um, I didn't enjoy Bastion because I was just bad at it. <laughs> it is hard. Because yeah. it's, like, so, like, score-based, I remember. Yeah. It's, like, outcome-based. I was just sucking and getting annoyed at myself. Also, if you liked the um, art style and the, you know, wacky creatures of uh, Pyre, I cannot recommend Saga enough. It's seriously one of the best comics I've ever read, and I've read a lot of comics. Um, yeah, so... Um, awesome. That's pretty much it. Um, Let's next, talk about the thing. The next, the next episode, or the other thing? The other thing. Okay, well, first, next episode. <laughs> is going to be uh, Catherine. Yes. The uh, game the from Atlas. Atlas. From Atlas, that's right. Atlas yeah. made the game. It's um, on PS3 and 360. Yes. There's a definitive definitive edition coming out soon. It, it's, it's not coming out. Like not, not, not soon enough. Yeah, like definitely not soon enough. Um, is it on PC? No. No, it's not on PC. Um, for those in Australia... I am planning to do a... I'm, I'm mentioning this now because I, I don't want to... I can't actually use my PS3 in my house right now just because of my monitors and whatever. So I'm I'm trying to get my American PlayStation Network account set up so I can do the free seven-day trial of PlayStation Now and stream the game to my computer. Um, oh my gosh, Gary. <laughs> I know. And I'm mentioning that in case there are people who are like in the same situation and I'm just letting people know that's an option. Yeah. Um, in terms of accessibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so expect that next month. Uh, we With will, a special guest. We will also have a special guest. Um, and yes, yeah, so the other thing, uh, which I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, is our website, which is minimap.com.au. Woo! Uh, which is finally, will probably be done. There, I've said it now. It's going to be done by the time this <laughs> podcast goes up, which means we have to finish that thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it is a place for, you know, things we want to write about, you know, like 
stories or featured articles, the news, reviews if we want. It's kind of just like a place for our work, which, yep. you know, the website looks good. Um, it's it's up minimap.com.au. Go visit. Yep. It's also going to be home to Game Spoilers Podcast, as well as a new podcast that we're working on called Minimapcast, which is going to be more generalized. Yeah, just, just, just a freeform talk about video games. Um... Yeah, so uh, every episode of Game Spoilers podcast is up on minimap.com.au. Um, and as, as always, you can also listen to it on gamespoilers.com. It is on Spotify, it is on Stitcher, it is on iTunes, is it is on Google Play, it is on many other podcast services. If it's not on one you like to listen to, let me know at Obi1Jez on Twitter. You can also follow the Game Spoilers Twitter account at GameSpoilersPod. And the Minimap Twitter account. And the Minimap Twitter account, which has only got one tweet, which is... We out here. <laughs> with a question mark. Which, we out here. Um, the, like Zay. The, yeah, like Zay. Uh, the uh, Minimap Twitter account is MinimapAU. Um, June, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me at Junez, so J-U-N underscore E-S-S at Twitter. And Kerry, where can they find you on the internet? At KJ Palmer twenty four with no underscore. And Kerry, what else do you regularly do? Ah, I very not regularly uh, stream sometimes on twitch.tv slash scotch two forty. And no, that's really about it. Look for our work on Minimap. That's the other thing that I'm yeah. gonna be working on. Yeah, like we'll all be working on minimap.com.au. Um and as always, you can also email us at gamespoilerspod at gmail.com. Great. That's pretty much it from us. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Let us know if you have any feedback for us on Twitter. We will gladly converse with you. Also, a very big thank you to Brad Francis um, for letting us use the song Interlude. Uh, Thanks, Brad. That's not the name of the song. That's the title I got for the... <laughs> What is it? What's interlude? Interlude is what I named the interlude part of the song I'm using. Like the part. Oh, Jeremy! <laughs> the name of the song is Perfect Storm on the album Halcyon. Uh, I'll put a link to his SoundCloud in the description as I did on the last episode. We just didn't have the music decided for the last episode. Um, so thank you to Brad. You're Very fine. much appreciate it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why did I do that? That'll, that'll be fun to edit. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next month with Catherine. Go to minimap.com.au. Bye, Mum. <laughs>